Apparently, some people can't keep themselves from coughing during the intro sequence. Listen, man, so. I was laughing at what Gundam Drew Hoodie guy said. <laughs> All right, that was too good. Oh, man. David, hey, why, why are I'm you barely in here. Nintendo 64? Yeah, eight of my pixels have made it for the yeah, show today. You, Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday Golden show. Eye right now. Having a good one. I had a great weekend. What did I do? Whoa. I wasn't sick for the first time in a week and a half. Fantastic. And so I've been actually playing fighting games to train up for this coming weekend, which of course How's is Frosting Fausties. And it's going pretty badly, actually. Yeah, I'm getting, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting dunked. I knew, I, big oh, I knew how man. terrible it was going. All right. Well, how about you guys? James? Uh, CPT screwed up my sleep schedule more, but you know, other than that, uh, been trying no, to Dave, slow. If your sleep schedule gets screwed up, that means it goes back to normal. Yeah, theoretically, point, theoretically, it can't but, uh, get more screwed up. Yeah, uh, I am doing all right, I guess. Uh, surviving, trying to clean my house some more and stuff. So, because my home is a mess, and I keep. Like, I keep going through phases. Like, at one point in time, I had to clean it up, clean up the floor. And so everything ended up on top of all the desks and stuff. And so now I'm trying to clean up everything on top of the desks. And now everything's ending up on the floor again. So <laughs> it's just a cycle. It's just a cycle. I don't know all what's right. wrong with David's camera, dude. David's, just... yeah, he's just straight is up is in my character selecting. This is my yeah, Starcraft one uh, character portrait. Yeah, definitely. Oh, hey, okay. clear. hey, look at that. It actually WCW worked when I refreshed. Okay. Yeah, I've survived, everybody. Congratulations to me. All right, first up, here's what we're going to be doing on the side. As you can see, we'll be Whoops. talking about this character. Yep. Biken. Let's start the timer over That'll be again, happening shortly. So. And then we'll be talking about the ESL and DreamHack sale. We'll be talking with our guest, Saki Sakura, which is pretty cool. Looking forward to that. We also have a 5-5 matchups that we'll get to. We have a couple of mailbags, but again, let's begin by talking about this character. What's this character's name? Who's this character? Byron. Biken. Byron. Biden made it. Bacon. Bacon's Biden. here. Time to bake up with Bacon. Uh, she, yeah, she was finally shown. Do you have a video? I do have a video, you actually. Have a video? Did you make the up. video? I did not make the video. Now my question is though, if I play this video, will That's we why get I was asking if you made the video. Did we are we gonna like, get DMCA'd if I play this I video? Bet you we will. Maybe just don't play the sound. Just have the video on there. Well we last time we did that we still got flagged. We couldn't monetize, right? I don't know. Even just the video? I'm pretty, sure. I'm pretty sure the last time we did that we had the same discussion. And James said, Well the last time we did that we didn't play the audio and they still got us. Alright, sorry everybody, I'm but sure. If you're watching this on YouTube, this next portion isn't in there. But for the live stream, <laughs> guess what? Let's talk about Biken by starting out looking at yeah. her video. I mean, I kind of imagine like everybody else is always like, oh, but it might not be a YouTube thing, right? So, all right, let's let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah, let's do it. it is. Well, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. All right. Ooh. Oh, Unreal Engine? Cool. I love Unreal Engine. I don't even know what it's I've played on Real since 1900. I think that, I mean, obviously in a, a preview, tra the other trail, they showed this all in color. Although this effect is really neat that they did at the beginning here. Very cool, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah it's a dope trailer. Next character update. I already know who it is, guys. You just showed it to me. Okay, here she is. 
Bacon. There she is. I'll turn the volume down a little bit here so they can hear us a little more. There's no winning or losing, just knowing yourself. How dare you? It's How really you interesting too, by the way. This is the first time Biken has ever had an English voice. So it sounds oh, I mean okay. it's really interesting hearing her speak English. I've never heard that I think before. Her English voice is really good. Yeah, it is really good. I like I it. it. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I don't use English voices in this game. I said I was going to, like, just out of spite. <laughs> and then I forgot I got used to Japanese voices. So. I won't ever hear it, but yeah, I do think it's a good, a good voice. It yeah, works. for sure. Dude, but I mean, obviously, there's a lot of really interesting things happening in here, and of course, Biken, a very different character. I don't know if you want me to go through this footage a little bit, and we can like. Well, look I'm, at I'm thinking, James, instead of doing that, why don't we just go through the character um, tutorial that they put yeah. out, the the sure. primer, because they they do all that stuff for us anyways. We don't have to. Exactly. Try to peek through the, you know. Oh the, no! The, People the can see our. Oh no! This is what it looks like behind the scenes. Behind the yeah, scenes know, right. that you can get on Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.egg <laughs> is where we're at. Uh, can you talk a little about about what this character was like before? Hey everybody, I'm new to fighting games and I've never played Guilty Gear in the past. Oh, okay. What? Hey everyone, I'm new to Guilty Gear like? and I really don't know what she did in the past. Tell me. So she. It's funny because a lot of people are like, "I'm mad. She lost like half her kit." Welcome to XX to uh, Exerd. <laughs> because <laughs> that's what happened to her before as well. Um, basically, the most uh, fascinating thing about her was that she was designed as a pure alpha counter character. She was a character who was designed to have alpha counters with no meter cost. She just could do them at any time she wanted to while she was in block stud. She's pretty unfair. She also had supers that would like prevent you from jumping or take away a certain button if she hit you from block stun and stuff like that. So if she hit you with like she could alpha counter into a super and it would hit you, do very little damage. But then all of a sudden you had no access to your heavy slash button. You know, it was like she could do all sorts of crazy things. But sure, they balanced her in a really interesting way. Like most of her alpha counters were kind of slowish. One of them was just like a like a dash. She would alpha counter dash. The the fastest one didn't knock down or anything, and only on counter hit did it actually launch you or anything. And so you know, she they designed her really really interestingly. Now, what they did when it came to um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Exert is they took away the alpha counter ability and gave her a parry. So it was more like uh, Goken's parry, which you had to do it ahead of time. However, you could do it during block stun. So it actually kind of turned more into uh, KI's count, uh, alpha counter system. So basically, if they did one move and you countered, that wouldn't do anything. But if they were doing two moves, you could do something, activate it, and then parry. But the window was really, really small. Now, what they also did in uh, Exert, and I think they did this in Plus R as well for XX, was they she has just a command dash run that just had an arm that just had armor. She just dashed and had armor. And um, 
they let her cancel that command dash into her alpha counter moves so she could gain access to some of those alpha counter moves uh, outside of blocking so she could actually like combo into it by comboing into the run and doing all that stuff. Well, all of that is out of the window now because she doesn't have any alpha counters at all of any sort anymore. She still has a counter, but it's a preemptive oh. counter and it behaves like you know, standard counters now. Yeah, we can maybe show the video now. I just wanted people to have a grounding on what the character yeah, was like sure. in the past. Yeah, let's do this. Do, 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 do. In this behemoth typhoon. Introducing yeah, I was, bacon. I was hoping for another one of those. Useful special moves. Oh, dude, the, Control that the is a very cool mechanic. Yeah, the tether is the coolest shit I've ever seen. The coolest thing about the tether is that the furthest, further you go apart, it actually stretches him more. Yeah, it makes it like more tense. Somehow she finds the mat. I don't know. It's weird. Dude, I mean, the cool thing about the tether is it's like Tager, but actually cool. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, we'll have agreed, to do that conversation in a little bit. Agreed. But I mean, this is actually like, this is like probably her signature move right here, the Tatami Geish. On hit. Like, everyone's used to hearing Tatami Geish! Like, every time she throws that out. So. The tatami mat and this is this is looks like it it, it, it behaves pretty much the same as it did before. It I'm curious to see how it it's gonna if it changes much, but it seems pretty standard. And then also, Dang, you can do it as a meaty too. That's pretty sick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kabaddi. Yeah, she's had this lots of good meaty setups on that. Now, this okay. is this is the interesting thing. So, in uh, previous in previous games, this was just a giant claw that she would throw out at you. It doesn't look like a claw anymore. I don't even know what it is, but this never happened before. The tethering on the slash one never happened before. Attaches the opponent to bike Unblock yeah, you see, she's it. trying to walk backwards, but she's in Once fact tethered by yeah, rope. Look at that, that's so sick, dude. I love that she bounces back when it's, yeah, yeah, when it like, reaches maximum tension, she bounces right. back, so cool. And and the fact that the farther it stretches, the more like momentum it, it adds. The attachment will be released after a certain period of time. This is so sick. <laughs> it is very cool, it is very also cool. Attaches the but what's interesting is that ground throw does this now. So the forward ground throw was always famous for ground throw into meaty instant air dash to Tommy Matt. And now that's not going to happen here because she gets this. Well, who needs it? She tethers him up. Right, exactly. So now she throws him and they're just tethered. She might even just be able to jump into Tommy Matt right there and not have to air dash anymore. So... Heavy I'm wondering again. if the opponent After can the like extends. purposely screw her up too and make her momentum go yeah, a different exactly. way because they dash backwards. And... <laughs> yeah, dude, like can you like, RC dash in some funky way to like screw oh, her positioning off? Again. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's, there's gotta be games to be yeah. yeah. Like it's oh, so. See, there you go. The heavy slash is still yeah, the, the heavy claw. Slash is still got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, but it doesn't have Holding the tether after. Right, uh, it's just, it behaves probably more it, like... And it can cross up too, right? This is her cross-up attack, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. She's got a bunch of different follow-ups. So this is interesting. They decided to ease this up a little bit. This used to be a DP motion. And so getting Tiger Nidio's Onsen was like doing axle bombers 
but now they've just made it quarter circle forward, so it's going to be much easier to tie your knee. Overhead attack. Uh -huh. Good. Yeah, fast I'm, I'm on board with that. Makes it easy to use in mid-air combos. It can also mix up a crouch blocking opponent. Yeah, it looks like it's a really fast attack too. After yeah, jumping. it's overhead yeah. as well, by the way. Yeah, Ukiyo vibes. Yeah, that overhead right there was always one of her main ways of opening people up. Now, okay. bef before, Start I mean, she would always need to have at least a meter to RC it. So I think it's the same here, right? Yeah, RC just like that. Because you're doing it on the way up, so she doesn't fall like the other version. Now, this is obviously the makeup for her losing all of her alpha counters and stuff. Is She now has a parry. I mean, it has a lot of damage, honestly, that it does right yeah, there. It's like wild yeah, it's like wild throw. There's probably an RC point on it. Yeah, is it one frame? Like, what, at what point can you RC and get into other stuff? Like, there's other questions, I'm sure. Yeah, the question really is right now to me though is is this a parry everything or is this a is there like does it lose uh, the projectiles? Lows? No, it loses the projectiles. They say in the video. Right, right, right. They they show that here, but I'm thinking like lows, jump attacks, etc., etc. You know. I see. I see. Yeah, yeah. After countering from a distance. Yeah, it loses the throws as well. They do show that Use as well. Use this move with caution. As it cannot counter throws or projectiles. Yeah, it loses to that. And vulnerable right. on whip. Oh, useless. This is her standard super. She's always had a three-hit super like this. Okay. It's fast startup and invincibility Pretty cool. as it comes out. Yeah, did a lot of damage. Holy crap. Yeah, I mean, most raw supers did. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and that's like at the start of the life bar, too. You're not really into the guts yet. Just Potemkin player over here getting well, mad about that damage. <laughs> yeah, Meanwhile, keep one in, pot buster. Keep in mind, Anji does have one of the highest guts. Okay, so. Makes it a good choice for combos. And so that's still a lot of damage for a character with some of the highest guts in the game. Kenju. Biken launches a massive firework shell as a This is it. She's never had this gun. before. So in the last game she did gain a cannon that she could do this. So one of her moves uh that she could do was just to fire a cannonball at you. So they the just turned it into a super now at this point. Well, it's pretty cool. I like the little shower of projectiles afterwards. Nice looking. This attack works well. Particle effects. It's definitely particle effects. In a combo. The air version changes the projectile's trajectory to a downward diagonal. Yeah, it's direction. got a good angle on it from the sky. You're definitely going to get caught so, by uh, that if you're trying to anti-air her. What's, sure. what's her deal in the lore? What do you mean? Is she uh, is she a time traveling samurai? Like, what's the what's the deal here? Not really sure, to be honest with you. I know like she and Anji have some sort of history. And I think she was like the boss in Guilty Gear One or Guilty Gear yeah, X. Yeah, she, she was a. I thought she was a secret boss in one of the first. Something Guilty like that. Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure what her lore is. Uh, to be well, honest. I know a little bit about the lore because uh, one of my buddies talked to me about the lore because um, she is a cool character from a disability representation perspective. So she was, uh, I guess she got injured when Japan was destroyed, right? So Japan was destroyed in this, in this universe, I guess. Right, there's not, there's not very many Japanese people left in the world in the story. She lost her arm and she lost her eye. 
Um, but like in the story, she's not characterized as like needing to like overcome her disability. Like her disability is not like a oh, it's terrible or it's gross or anything like that as can often be portrayed, which is pretty cool. Um, and at the same time, obviously, she's still mega hot and kicks ass. Um, so it's, you know, it's it's not like the common way that uh, people are with disabilities are portrayed, which is cool. Right. Okay, so I see. So Gears killed her family. Now she's pissed. I mean, one of the interesting things, uh, one of my favorite things of, of like, uh, I'm going to go back to the cameras here. Um, one of my favorite things about her lore is that... Uh, in John with Johnny in Exert, he had uh, finally gained a way to replenish his coins through one of his supers. That if he hit you, he actually stole items from you. And that I thought you could... were going in the lore. I was like, wait a minute, he needs to replenish his coins in lore. I was yeah. so confused yeah. for a second. Well, so the thing much. is, so he'll steal items, but the items aren't actual coins. He steals items from characters. So like, if he hits Sin, he gets a chunk of meat. Right, because you know, basically, and then if he does it to himself in a mirror match, he steals porno magazines basically from the other Johnny. When he does this to Biken, when he actually does this to Biken, because she's a samurai and samurais, so he's supposed to steal what's like near and dear to your heart. And so when he does this to, to, to Biken, who's a samurai, he actually steals the kanji for the word nothing. So, because she's a samurai, so she has to not hold anything near and dear to her heart, so. Alright. Is that... That's not a rule? Okay. But I think that's cool. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, okay, never mind then. Cool, man. David is just like, whatever, dude, whatever. No, Uh, it's... There's a lot of cool decisions like that in this in this series for sure. So there you go. There's a look at Biken. Now again, I think that the for me the standout thing is definitely the tether. I really like that idea. You guys brought up Iron Tiger, but and and I think it's like a clear like obviously we get why there are these things that are like sort of moving the two characters together in a way that is unusual, which is cool. And what I like about Tiger is that it's like Grappler needs to get in. He brings you to him instead. I don't really feel like that in this case. Like, it's not like she has Spark Bolt that works from full screen. She's already got to be in kind of like a mid-rangey position to right. find this in the first place. And then it's also different in the sense that for um, for Tager, there were certainly ways where opponents could screw with him when he was when he had them magnetized. Like, opponents can like whiff punish him in some different ways when he drags them in where they wouldn't <laughs> have been able to otherwise. Like, so there are there is a little bit of counterplay. But this seems to me like it has potential, at least. We don't know how it works. Potential for more counterplay as the person who who has the tether on you. It would be very cool. We don't know, but it would be very cool if, as the defender, you could like move around in ways that would screw right. with where the opponent might yeah, I, I, I imagine... I, I don't see how they would... I, don't, well, I shouldn't say how. I, I don't see why they would create the tether in the way that it is. If you can't, if you're, the opponent can't also manipulate the like tensileness, like how stretched right. out everything is, and, and make her do weird things, you know, I I feel like it has to go both ways. It's just more yeah. fun that way, you I know. Think, yeah, and then I, it, it, it cool. feels like a two-player interaction rather than just, well, I got you now, buddy. You know. Yeah. It, it yeah. feels. No, I, I hope it is like that. It feels a lot to me like. Uh, 
Faust's black hole in Exord. Whenever he got the black hole out and it always sucked people in, you could extend your combos that way, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like a like a space gem kind of thing uh, from MVCI. So uh, right. I'm curious to see how it works. I hope people can mess her up. Like, what if you j- double jump and does that drag her up into the air or something? Or does she drag you back down? I don't know. Like, there was definitely be really kind of interesting. So uh, I'm curious to see how that's going to play out. But... I mean, she's obviously very different, and I know in Exord, I think they were scared to turn her into an alpha counter character because they were afraid of, like, alpha counter into YRC, right? Can you imagine just, like, starting an alpha counter and then YRC and then doing whatever you want, right? So, um, you know, I always felt like they could have just brought it back but, like, made it so that you couldn't RC. Yeah. You know, her alpha counter, like DPs, they, when you try to RC, you see the big X on you if it whiffs and such. You know, I had always thought about doing that way. And I, I mean, that's the whole reason why I played Biken, because I couldn't fight Eddie slash Zato uh, at all in those games. And so I just picked the alpha counter character to get the hell out of there. And, you know, I, it's curious. Like, the, obviously, two games in a row, they keep trying to reinvent Biken in a different way. And they're not going back to the alpha counter route. Now, I know everyone who didn't play Biken in the XX series hates her with a passion because of this mechanic. I don't know. Like, I'm just wondering if they probably could find a way to make it work. But I just don't know if it would be accepted. I mean, last week we talked about how everyone hates grapplers and zoners to the point where, like, they're removing zoning from so many fighting games. Like... Like, can they even put Biken classic style in a game, you think, and have people accept it anymore? Like, I think, like, if they want to try to make it as widely appealing to everybody as possible, you make a character like that, and it's just going to piss off a lot of people. (laughs) I don't know. What do you think, Rock? I think it's less can they and more why would they. Mm. Doesn't sound like anybody enjoyed it. Doesn't sound like it's a good time. Why would you? Why would you? There's you're not you're not you're not revising history if you put it out in a new game and make it work. So I why, why bother? Had a good time fun. with Biken. <laughs> you and like the three other people that played her ever in that game. So she was pretty popular, right? I feel like I heard a lot well, about no, Biken. Being back like, in the day. you know, it was a long time ago. There wasn't. Well, I mean, she. Oh, sure. She definitely has a Mika syndrome, although not as obscure as Mika. Yeah, right. You know, when Exord came out and they definitely upplayed her her sexiness, um, like I said, she's always had big boobs. Like, that's just the way that she's always been. It's just in the sprites. <laughs> it just wasn't as obvious uh, back in, like, uh, the XX days. I, I'm just talking about it matter-of-factly here. It's just, I, I know. It's just it's the just, way it is. Just, but, like, yeah. but, like... There. She was always like, like, like David was saying, the the person saying she was always still very kind of like attractive and stuff. But like, when Exord kind of emphasized that a little bit more, I feel like that generated a lot more longtime Biken fans. Kind of like when Mika was announced for Street Fighter Five, all of a sudden there was all these longtime Mika fans out of nowhere. That's the yeah. meme right now. Is that everybody's like, "Oh, I love." I mean, when Ex- she was announced at Exert, everyone's like, "I love Biken," and so now everyone makes fun of the fact that all the longtime Biken mains who have never played her before is like the is Listen, like the man. thing. I I knew she was coming for DLC. Like that's a given, right? 
Mm -hmm. But when she came out, I was like, oh, her character model looks cool. And then I watched her um, trailer, and I was like, oh, shit, she looks really cool. And then I watched the character guide, and I was like, oh, no, I really want to play her. And now I just feel like a degen. I I feel like... (laughs) Yeah. I finally play... Like, if you play anime long enough, you're just going to end up playing a character that's half naked and now I don't know what to do with myself. Cause I've, I've played fighting games for like 12, 13 years and this has never happened to me. And now finally, I think I'm, I, I think I'm going to really like this character. Viking yeah, is not really even like half. He's not even, she's not even half naked, dude. It's just one I, particular I just, section. Always, that's all. I've never yeah, been close. like a DJ I've always played like characters with lots of armor and stuff. I don't know. Or like, I guess spandex, right? I guess, I guess like Wolverine and Deadpool are in spandex. That's pretty. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know. Look, hey, I don't think it's the case. You could have always played the other costume of Wolverine in MVC three, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you and with the, with the big, big Weapon X helmet on. Yeah, that's yeah. hot. And yeah, else. he he was nine. He's like ninety yeah, percent naked. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I actually did play that costume. Well, there you go, buddy. Yeah. Uh, so look, you I don't think it's the case already. that I was that back I can can like not have alpha counters. I don't think that it's the case that there's some there's something about having alpha counters that is that is more obnoxious or whatever than like many of the other things that people are getting away with in fighting games and have been for a long time. Uh, I think it's true that there are fewer games that have zoning, but it's also true that plenty of games still have zoning. Um, and every game has grapplers. And I don't know and a why. A lot of games have an alpha counter right now. Yeah, exactly. Street Fighter yeah. 5 has one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. they always I mean, cost something. They didn't do any damage. Like, this game literally was like, hey, if I have meter and I alpha counter you... It doesn't cost me anything, yeah, and no, then I, I, I can it. RC into more damage, right? I guess it's different, but I'm sure that you could make it in a way that is balanced and would probably mm-hmm. annoy some people, but would also probably yeah. be really, really fun for some other people. Because there are so many wild and crazy character designs out right. there. I mean, it's there. there's never been a time where there are more wild and crazy character designs than, like, the last decade. Like, this is definitely the most wild and crazy time. <laughs> Happy um, chaos, compared to, hello. Speaking. Yeah, yeah. And not just <laughs> in gear, but in many other games. Like, the last I decade has, like when the craziest stuff happened so yeah i don't see why not i think it would be cool but it may also be a case of like what brock was talking about where like you could do that it would be it would work but also you know there's a lot of other fun stuff that maybe people would prefer maybe maybe the designers themselves aren't as into it anymore let's see the new stuff yeah exactly yeah it's it's new stuff out because it's one of those dangerous things, right? I mean, we look, again back to the grappler zoner thing. I know this is something that you don't, you you've never agreed with, David. But like a lot of people have this philosophy: if you can't make the grappler or the zoner the best character in the game, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of where their philosophy is with Biken right now. It's like if we gave her the alpha counters, we can't make her good. So screw it. Let's just not do it at all. And let's try to do something else. You know, I think I would be cautious about reading too much into it in that way. I feel like that's, that's reading more into it. And it, without saying that you're wrong, I just don't really see like a reason right. mm-hmm. to say that that is the case. All we know is that they're designing her differently and it just might be that they want to try new stuff. Right. And I again, know. I only believe that because two games in a row, they've strayed farther and farther away from that original archetype. You know, it's just like, 
I had pondered if they were going to try to go back to it, and then they went even further away. They didn't even give her the the parry that she had in the previous game, you know? I mean, characters in this game aren't coming out with as many moves in general as in the past games. So, I mean, right. obviously, there's, mm-hmm. there's a design philosophy that is a little different than in the past. But I don't think that that means that they are making the characters, like, less wild. Right. You know, I mean, there's plenty yeah, of wild I, stuff. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, look, anyway. I, if Johnny shows up in the game, I'm actually looking forward to them getting rid of the mist mechanic completely because it's never worked. It has literally never worked the way I think they wanted it to work. So, Look, all right, there's a little bit about biking. Let's talk about the other thing that they announced for Guilty Gear Strive. This is, of course, a combo maker, a slash set play maker that you can actually share with other people in the game. So you can go in there, you can make your own combo, you know, you're, you're deciding which moves are in there. Uh, you can do the same thing with set play. And I thought it was very interesting that in the video, I feel like this is something that with other games would come out and we'd be like, oh, you can use it for set play too. But in the video, the official Arxis video, they use the word set play right. and they make it very clear that like this is part of it is that this is not just about combos, but also like use this to make setups. Yeah. Very interesting. So you can then share it with other people. Other people can search through this like long list of combos. You can put tags on it so that people know what they're searching for. It seems like a really well thought out system. What do you guys think? I, I mean, was tweeting about it when they first announced it. And I think it's a super cool feature. Um, and I think it's really, really even cooler that Arxis is using words like set play. Yeah. But this isn't like the first time we've seen that with fighting game devs. I mean, they, they have like dictionaries of lingo and things like that within games. And sure. yeah, that's not like wild to me. But I do think it's very cool that they're acknowledging that the competitive scene uh exist online and like yeah. is this, this type of thing will be useful for all levels of players you know i i think i think that them like using that using that language like in the forefront really uh gives like a, a good vibe to the competitive scene i think i think it's a good look they're, they're of course designing the game with set play in mind like it's not like this is the first oh, time yeah. that they're acknowledging yeah, that set uh-huh. exists like obviously that's the game design um but yeah the fact that they are giving that name to it and and putting it out there as this is a way to use it i think i I think says a lot about how they're trying to make this more um accessible accessible to people yeah and i i think this is a great way to do it by the way they're not charging for this either so (laughs) you can just do it yeah yeah Yeah. but i mean i think that this is excellent for uh teachers out there for a lot of the people that try to do teaching and if you want to teach someone like you could be like here learn this combo learn this combo learn this combo instead of going into the trial modes for half of these games where they make you do really really obtuse things that you'll never actually use in a real battle kind of thing you know it's it seems like it's it's gonna be really really useful for that and i think it'll just be fun too because like a mario maker thing i bet you a lot of people are gonna be like you know hey let's try these hard combos only 10 percent have completed this combo let me do it you know make for good content Uh, i'm i was gonna say i'm just really hoping that that you know top players and top scientists really get into this and use it and upload their stuff because if those people don't then 
the feature will be kind of useless. Somebody right. else so has got to do I, it. In I that hope case. that people use it. Like, say that you're the say that you're the world's top scientist in Guilty Gear, sure. and you're not doing this. Somebody else just do it instead, and somebody probably will. So <laughs> I, I don't know, James. I think that there's a Mario Maker like aspect to this. I think there are going to be people who will play Gear to do combos. And to be like, all right, hey, what's the new combo? Maybe they're not somebody who wants to play super competitively. They just enjoy doing combos. That person will for sure exist. And somebody will be making content about it. And, <laughs> and you know what? I think it's great. Everyone's Maybe gonna... some of those people start playing competitively too. Some of the new content that's going to be created is called Block This Mix-Up. <laughs> yeah. I think. Well, see, that's a good question, actually. Now that I think about it, can you program the, the training dummy to do stuff so that you have to defend against it? Now that I think about it, yeah, I mean, because that would be sick if that's the case. Because then, yeah, you literally could do a block this mix-up mini game. You well, know? I, I'm assuming you download the recording, right? right? And it's like a chal a challenge to do this thing. Right. Once you do it, you can just record it yourself and then block it yourself. That's true yeah. too. Yeah. 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 But I mean, you I won't it. get the you won't get the surprise factor. Is all I'm saying. So right, as, as in you're saying, like the very first well, time that you download it, screen anyways, yeah. right? Like you're gonna know. I think that it, it's a cool idea that James is talking about, but I don't think that it's yeah, going to work yeah, like that. I, I hope that there's like a feature to do that. That'd be cool. Yeah, it does sound cool for sure. All, All right. Well, cool news in Guilty Gear land. Yes. Let's move over to the next topic here. This is a, something that I only just heard about through through from David, like literally just like a couple of hours ago. So uh what's what what is i didn't hear about this what's the gist of well this? it only happened yesterday sure so esl and face it have been sold to a group called savvy gaming group for 1.5 billion dollars billion dollars i mean considering yeah, how much that's not the microsoft is <laughs> right exactly <laughs> yeah our our scaling is just so out of whack now it really oh, is, it's not 70 it? billion dollars what a no big deal uh, that is a lot of money. There's a lot of money. $1.5 billion. And, and ESL, the group that owned ESL, MTG, also bought DreamHack. And it was announced um, at, last year Not at some Magic point. Magic the Gathering, by the way. Correct. Yeah, it stands for, I wrote down, Modern Times Group. Hmm. Sure. They also bought DreamHack. And it was announced last year that DreamHack and ESL were kind of like rolled into one another. So that when DreamHack puts on events and stuff, people with it's ESL are involved, and ESL is involved in DreamHack, yeah, you know, yada, yada. Um, so es essentially, this is not just ESL being sold, it's ESL and DreamHack, which is why we put it up here, uh, if you're more familiar with that side of thing. Um, so who bought them? Savvy Gaming Group is backed by the Saudi Arabian government's public investment fund. Uh, now, a lot of governments have public investment funds, but the one for Saudi is um, <laughs> known for being very not transparent. And for being probably pretty corrupt. And, you know, people in some cases are kind of guessing about that stuff because it's not it's just not really known, like, what the deal is with some of what they are doing. It's really hard to get an insight into that. I try to do a little bit of research to try to learn more about it. And it's just, just a lot of it is just like, well, it, they're doing secret. stuff and there's a lot of money involved, but I don't really know. So. I mean, it, does this have anything to do with the same group that, 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 that you know, is, is or wants to be a major owner in SNK? Uh, well, I mean, it's not. This is not the actual same group, if that's what your question is. But okay. it, from another perspective, 
uh, Saudi it Arabia. Is the <laughs> I mean, maybe because the the Saudi Arabian monarchy is like obviously in control of the country, and so this is the this is the public investment fund, which is maybe nominally separate from like what the crown prince is doing with his money, uh, but also okay. maybe in another perspective is not that separate. So it just depends on, I guess, how you want to view it. Uh, <laughs> there was also a big blow up last year when Riot signed a deal with the Saudi government to, right. to um, advertise the city that they're building in the middle of the desert. And that city had been built in part uh, in areas that had been like cleansed of its local residents and other associated things that have been going on there. Um, so there was a lot of backlash. And eventually Riot said, okay, we're not, we're not going to do that. We're backing out of this deal. Uh, so that's, that's a little bit of, of history on the, on the sort of Saudi side. But then the ESL and Face It, if you don't know what Face It is, it's a, kind of like ESL. It also does events and it does broadcasts and that kind of stuff for CSGO. Um, there's, there's, just, there's just a lot of consolidation going on. And it's certainly like the same kind of phenomenon as Microsoft buying a million studios out there, including Consolidation is such a nice way to put it. That's such a... <laughs> Yeah, media group way of putting it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. What do you think about it? There's just a whole lot of monopolies starting right now. Is what <laughs> David is saying. There's a whole bunch of them, and they're happening all at the same time, and it's kind of terrifying. I mean, yeah. I, I guess I guess uh, have, have there been a lot of people who have been reacting the same way, like similarly to the S and K syndrome, where it's just like, well, now I'm not backing this at all. Like, I have no support over DreamHack. I I no longer, you know, support ESL, or I'm gonna delete my FaceIt account or whatever. You know, is as I don't, I haven't seen too much of that myself. Yeah, same. I'm not as plugged into the CS scene for sure, but I do follow some people there, and I haven't seen them talking about it. Uh, I I saw one one person I follow who's a who's a reporter in esports was like, "You guys got to hear what uh, Monte Carlo and Richard Lewis and Thorne are saying about the ESL deal." And I was like, "God, any of those big negative say about anything." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did not tune into that broadcast. Yeah, uh, no. but but other than that, no, I I don't really know what they're saying. Um, I, I do. The only thing that I've seen, I guess, is that I did see a tweet from a prominent Dota commentator who was basically ragging on this, and then that tweet was deleted uh, not too long there. Oh, no. He still wants to be a prominent Dota commentator. <laughs> right. <laughs> Probably, yeah. yeah. Oh, geez. <sighs> So, yeah, I mean, look. In some ways, like we have it, we have it relatively easy in the FGC, in the sense that uh, it's we have relatively few uh, uh, sort of business conglomerates that are out there selling big things like this. But there, there is an FGC component to this, which is that, of course, ESL has done a bunch of fighting game content. Dream Time back. was James and I were going to ESL almost every week to do content with them. Right on I King of the Hill. King of the Hill, man. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, and it was close by. It was really great for us. And of course, DreamHack, which has been running fighting game tournaments for years now. Uh, Alex Bailey is the head TO there. Like, there's definitely a fighting game component to this, component to this too. Um, so, I mean, the question is, is not just what are Counter Strike and other scenes going to do about this, but when DreamHack next summer or whatever they announced that they're not going to be doing DreamHack Anaheim already. Uh, which would have been in February, but whenever the next fighting game of the event they do, possible that they could ask all three of us to come commentate. You know, I mean, this is this is a question for us as well, and not just for other esports. Like, what do you do 
about Saudi-backed savvy gaming group um, owning these events. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Hmm. I think ESL, hit me up, baby. Slide in my DMs. I'm trying <laughs> to get paid. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, from a, from a serious standpoint, I mean, yeah, there is a lot of that, right? I mean, it's hard for me to, it, it really hard for me to just be like, you know what? I can't do this because of ethics or whatever, because, you know, we are in that situation where we are kind of, uh, we need the work, <laughs> you know? There's no ethical consumption under capitalism anyways, James. That is there's, actually true. There's no ethical consumption That's under capitalism. True. That's but, right. But, but you can also make it worse paid. on yourself even. Right? But like, e <laughs> eating is nice. Let's just put it that way. You know, food yeah. is food yeah, is good. Like, we, we have to participate anyways, man. Like, sure. Obviously, pick your battles. Like, I'm right. not going to buy KOF 15, even though I like to support every fighting game. Right. I'm still pissed off about Sam Show. You know, like, I won't play. Well, maybe I'll play Activision Blizzard games in the future, but. Up till now, up until their new ownership, essentially, which, holy crap, why am I praising Microsoft for anything? Yeah, it, weird feeling. But, you know, like, maybe <laughs> I'll play, but for a long time, and still today, I won't play anything by Activision Blizzard. Like, pick your pick your battles, but yeah. also, don't feel bad if you're getting paid, man. Like, yeah. everything sucks. It'll make it suck a little bit less. Right, that's the hard part. And honestly, you know, I'm not, I don't, like... Jabali is obviously legit cool dude who really cares about fighting game communities, you know? And if he's sitting here trying to run the best fighting game event at DreamHack for fighting game players, like, am I going to hurt him by, like, not going? And that's not fair, right? Like, I mean, that there's always that kind of uh, thought process as well, you know? I So, like, if he's trying to run a great event, then, you know, I'd love to support him. He's not you know, going to sit here and just, like, move to Saudi Arabia all of a sudden, you know, kind of thing. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see. My, yeah. my opinion is um, that I think in this case, look, I do not want it to be the case that I would boycott anything that has Saudi origin. I've met some really cool people who are from there. Right. And it's, you know... There, of course, they have a government that I think does a lot of bad stuff. Um, I also live in a country where I think the government I does say. a lot of bad stuff. Right. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> so I don't. I don't feel like I have a, a tremendously. <laughs> Calls, yeah. It all comes back to Tekken Master's comment of why don't you move to the U.S. to to get more exposure in esports? And he's like, U.S. sounds too dangerous. You know, Tekken Master from Bahrain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't feel like I have a great position. Now, I also like don't think that. We're as bad as the Saudis. So, I mean, the Saudi royal family. Like, I think there is a, there's a little different. But the, the point is just that I'm not going to boycott something only because it's associated with people in Saudi Arabia. Um, and when it comes to something like the, the city that was uh, supposed to be the focus of the ad campaign the, uh, for Riot, that, and that's a very specific instance of this city being very specifically, like, built where people used to live and they were, like, kicked out of that area. Like, there's, like, that a much more sort of concrete right. mm -hmm. uh, uh, sort of uh, background there. In the case of just, like, a country's private investment fund, I guess I don't really feel the same way. Um, and I don't have a great 
barrier here. I don't have a great uh, sort of barrier. demarcation, I guess, between like what I think is okay and not. Because like, yeah, it's really hard to make I mean, those decisions. But if, you know, if DreamHack asks me to commentate, I still might. Yeah. I mean, like, the tough one, for example, like, to mention, like, King of Fighters 15, right? Like, this is a tough one, but, you know, the, the guy who's working on the game, the director, same guy who was working on it when he was doing 14 and yeah. everything, it's the same developers, they're just making a game that they love and trying to keep KOF fans happy, like, it's just weird, like, I, I want to support them, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's it's such a weird it's like it's it's again it comes back down to the good place again right like I can't eat you know if I eat a certain chicken sandwich it means I hate gay people right you know milk. you know it's yeah almond milk is a great example one I I drink almond milk right now and now I'm like oh I mean I was actually quoting yeah from the good place yeah yeah but I mean literally I'm in that same thing because I'm drinking almond milk right now and it's like shoot <sighs> you gotta make your own choices for sure you gotta yeah. raise your own cow and drink it only straight from the udder James that's the only ethical way <laughs> and you have to capture all the cow's farts in a filter so that the methane gas doesn't the UV rays and the fracking I mean, 16-bit. I only go to Chick-fil-A every once in a while because, damn it, their mac and cheese is actually pretty good. (laughs) Man, I lived across the street from a Chick-fil-A for four years. Also Uh across the street from an In-N-Out. Right. And I went to neither of them. I mean, I I go to Chick-fil-A as little as possible. I did get fries from the In-N-Out, actually, one time. And one point in time, I didn't go there at all. But also, I mean, it's not even the case anymore, though. Before, I I started going every once in a while because fast food was the cheapest thing out there. But that's not even the case anymore. Fast food is just wildly expensive at this point. So... Well, all right. There's a little conversation about this topic. We'll probably find out more about it in the future. Um, I don't know. I haven't heard anything, at least, about like specifics, what's happening with ESL and DreamHack, et cetera. But, right. Yeah. Well, we'll keep all on right. Let's okay. bring on Saki. All right. So we're going to go to a break real quick. And when we come back, let's bring on Saki Sakura TV to the stream. Don't go anywhere, guys. Be right back. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Tuesday show. Uh, we're going to be moving on to our interview as David dances a little jig over there. That's me. I'm known for dancing. Everybody <laughs> says. They called me college David the jig dancer. The good old David the dancer. That's right, everybody. Uh, all right. So uh, let's go and move on to the interview. And for today, we are bringing on Saki Sakura. So let's get her onto the stream over here, and boom, there we go. Hello. Hello. <laughs> it happened. Thanks a lot for joining us. No, thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I did not know this show existed until like literally the beginning of the year when um, <laughs> I got like sense. nominated and I was like, oh, okay. I didn't <laughs> wow, know this so we had to give you an award for you to us to know we exist? That's messed up. Nice. I, I promise. Get off I the show. I'm offended. <laughs> <laughs> I promise it was not on purpose. Uh, I'm still new to a couple of things, especially like yeah. since I've been branching out. You were part of the out, commentator so. cup. 
Dude. I was. I was. And not only <laughs> that, true. but can't you see? I was, yeah. We have 200 viewers every week. Man. Yeah, we are <laughs> very famous. Everybody in the internet knows us. <laughs> yeah. Clearly. All right. All right. Well, yeah. I thanks a lot for it. In no, come on. It's all good. Uh, let's let's just start a little bit by going back way, it sounds like, deep into the past and when you got into the FGC in the first place. How, how did you get into competitive fighting games? Um, so, believe it or not, I actually did not like fighting games before. <laughs> um, I think I played, like, One Dead or Alive on the 3DS, and oh, I was like, nah. Um, <laughs> never touching the 3DS. 3DS? <laughs> the 3DS. Had a... Yeah. Well, actually, was, you yeah. know what? To be fair... <laughs> Dead or Alive actually feels like that would be the perfect franchise for the 3DS. But in any case. <laughs> um, and uh, I was like, okay, I'm not really. But this was also when I was like super young, right? Like um, when I was still in middle school. And then um, I took like a huge break from gaming. And then I joined like esports for like Dead by Daylight tournaments. And um, a partner of mine at the time, uh, he was participating in those tournaments. And then that's how uh, I found out about the NRS uh, games. So like Mortal mm -hmm. Kombat, Injustice 2. Um, and that's how I basically started. Uh, I had Injustice 2, but I didn't really get into it. I only really got it for like Starfire. It wasn't until MK11 where I actually was playing um, with my partner quite often, um, where I was actually starting to say, okay, this seems like a game that uh, I can be good at. I'm understanding what I'm doing. I want to learn more. Uh, I'm, I was also in my third or fourth year of content creation. Um, so I came from like a really strong like Japanese RPG and like visual novels approach. And then when I found uh, like fighting games, that's when I was like, okay, yeah, I think we can definitely like switch over and start like sort of like a new leaf and go from there. Um, and yeah, um, another thing too is I remember like walking into a GameStop, I think it was to buy a Pokemon game and I saw Jade um, being highlighted in GameStop. And wow. that was really what like pushed me to say, okay, I'm going to pick up Jade when, when that game comes out because she looks really awesome. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that's where I started. Wait, when, when you say Mortal Kombat, do you mean 11? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Mortal Kombat 11 is actually my first fighting game for reals, as well as first uh, competitive, commentating, uh, the whole nine yards, basically. So you're like brand new. Okay. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, yeah. That's Did you get it when wild. the game first okay. came out? It was about three years ago now? Yep. I got it first day. Cool. Um, oh, I was part of the group called Babality. Um, mm. When I first got it, I was obviously practicing with my partner at the time, uh, or ex-partner at the time. And um, when I started getting more confidence in the game, I wanted to find out if there was like more people I could communicate with and actually like figure out, hey, uh, I want to actually get better and stuff. And um, when I found out about Babality, my partner was like, yeah, there's these group of ladies that are playing. Um, they do exhibitions and they're really awesome. And I immediately joined because I was like, hell yeah, like, let's go. <laughs> um, and, then, <laughs> and then that's when I really started getting like the taste of competition where I was like, um, I think I really want to take this serious. Yeah. Yeah, was that the so at, at that point it sounds like there were other reasons maybe you got into it in the first place, but then you stuck around because of the sort of competition. Is, is mm -hmm. that right? So yeah, what, so I was what, originally what about, what about the be, competition are you into? Uh, so I was originally gonna be content creation and then I really liked the idea 
of kind of going into a tournament and actually seeing the results. So um, mm. one of the biggest things is I'm a huge competitor. Like I am very competitive, whether it be again in Dead by Daylight or at the time I was playing like Overwatch. And um, I, I always liked the idea of just climbing the ranks. And then when I got into Mortal Kombat, I was like, I can be better than just like your average person. Um, I can actually understand and actually research and actually put in um, a lot of skill and like actually grow from this. Mm -hmm. So when I first got into like the exhibitions and then into tournaments, I was like, yeah, this this feels kind of like home. So I'm definitely really interested in actually staying, trying to get better um, and and kind of like building my path to um, I wouldn't say like professional player because you know, there's obviously a lot of factors that go into that, but I definitely wanted to see uh, the path that I could get from being in this side of like the community. Um, and I know one of those paths is becoming that competitive player. Now, I mean, obviously the, the path of this, of your FGC career leads you to commentary. Uh, there was one question <laughs> I want to ask, but, you know, I just want to ask, like, how did this end up leading towards commentary, you know, playing competitively? Like, when was the first time you jumped on the mic and, and found out that this is something that you really wanted to do? Yeah. So also, hi, Shion. That's uh, my cat. Um, I told you she was going to make Wait, an appearance. I didn't see. I didn't see. I missed the cat. You have to watch the archive, James. Dang it. She's oh, right now. Um, oh. <laughs> so believe it or not, uh, before I got into, so I took a huge break from gaming, actually. And uh, before I got back into gaming, uh, I was actually a sports broadcaster. So I was actually on a sports radio show uh, weekly. Um, I was also working on reviews and articles for like my local teams, um, college teams as well. So that feeling of always wanting to be on the mic was there because I, I also nice. grew up with my dad um, listening to sports radio. And I always told him, one day you're going to see me on there for sure. <laughs> and so then, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah that, that answer is that answer is my follow-up question to James. I was going to ask how you got so damn good, so damn yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, now I get it. Never mind. I understand. All right. Yeah. So like, I used to. I grew up like watching and um, listening to Dan Levitard because that's the hottest show okay. down here in Miami. Um, uh, when Mike, um, the Mike and Mike show, I think it was uh, when they were still running. So. I've always wanted to be behind that mic, um, never really more if in front of the camera. Um, and that's just because of like different reasons, like mental health reasons and um, oh, yeah. self-esteem reasons and stuff. But I always knew that like one thing that I'm really good at is carrying my voice. So when um, when I started actually in 2018 and actually being a part of esports, I started actually working behind tournaments. And one of the first tournaments was Dead by Daylight. And I actually had a really awesome mentor at that time, uh, Admired Plague. He actually would talk to me about like the different ca casting roles he would do. So I not only was I able to actually see from him actually commentating and casting all of our Dead by Daylight tournaments, um, but I also got to see him grow as well. And when the opportunity came within Babality to actually be a part of the commentary um, as a guest commentator, I was like, this is it. Like, I want to get practice in. <laughs> I want to start actually getting my voice out. And that honestly led to just the whole, like, 
online events, when, let me start putting it in my calendar. Let me start setting time aside. Let me start planning my streams and actually going on and fully planning to be part of these broadcasts um, at some level. And most of the time was commentary. Nice. I don't know of anybody else who's made that same transition. I do know some people who have done sports commentary <clears throat> and then uh, whether it's like hosting a radio show or just do it like doing live stuff, play by play and so forth, who want to do esports commentary. I don't know of anybody who's actually made that happen. Uh, so I'm very curious how you find the similarities or differences between sports and fighting games when it comes to being on the mic. So I think the biggest key thing about um, just that transition is sort of that feeling of relatability. So what I mean is um, with sports, I've only been really able to be part of the sidelines. So a lot of the times like, yeah, I'll know the game, but I wouldn't be really like a player or someone that's been like the few experience that I have, like playing basketball and softball when I was younger, that's all I have. That's the only experience that I actually am familiar with. And so when I transitioned to um, actual esports and and started seeing what's like available to me, um, it's just the fact that I'm already inside and I'm already understanding of what either the game is or um, what type of format it is because I've either played it or I've been able to experience it on a personal level. So being able to transition, it was actually a lot smoother because um, I've been able to be part of that. Um, another thing too, believe it or not, actually comes with uh, being a woman. So <laughs> I actually would be, um, I wouldn't get as many opportunities as I would have ex expected or hoped um, under the sports um like sports broadcasting, mm. um, that it's a lot, it's like a really hard glass ceiling to, ceiling to shatter, to be honest. So when I'm coming over to fighting games, don't get me wrong, it's still filled with like, you know, uh, right. hurdles and uh, um, obstacles, but being able to actually get the opportunities to prove my actual skill, um, I take that over the sports bracking, broadcasting <laughs> any day, to be honest. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's interesting because, you know, you were talking about, you know, being, you know, you have this kind of knack for being relatable when you do the commentary and everything like that. You know, one of the things that I feel like sometimes veteran commentators make a mistake of is that they talk about things as if like everybody knows but you know you get a lot of new players out there do you feel like your freshness into the fgc you know your kind of new perspective having just learned mortal Kombat in the last three years and such does that help your commentary in a different way um it does um i think what what really is like probably just the only frustrating part about it all is just not being able to get the opportunities. And that's not even fault of like the community or like the opportunity itself. It's just we're in the middle of a pandemic and I came new and fresh literally at like the kind of the wrong time, to be <laughs> honest, because if we had, I feel like a normal season with MK11 or a nor normal cycle, it I feel like it would have definitely been a different story as far as like my rise to commentary. I feel like if it wasn't so like for me, transitioning from MK11 to like anime games like Guilty Gear Strive and Melty Blood, um, 
it was very scary because it felt like, okay, if I go to these games, I'm brand new again, one. Mm. And two, they're completely different games, completely different level of kind of casting because the games are going at such a different pace. Um, so it's like, I'm, I'm back kind of like to square one. And that was one of the scary things about just like moving to those type of games and just feeling like, darn, I'm kind of starting all over again. Um, and so I feel like if we had like that normal cycle, I wouldn't have been able to transition properly to those other games, but I would have kept flourishing inside like the NRS mm. um, cycle itself, um, just with, you know, practice and actually, you know, involvement in more of the community um, and whatnot. But there's always like a positive to it. So my commentary has gotten better from moving to different yeah. games and actually even my fighting knowledge definitely. too. So yeah, mm -hmm. that definitely makes sense. I'll be honest. My perspective is kind of the opposite about the pandemic. Um, I've seen more changes in commentary over the last two years than in the last, the previous yeah, five, sure. six, for seven, sure. like Absolutely. a lot. Yeah, I agree. So I think that I mean, look, like for NRS commentary before, the way that it worked basically was like a small subset of people, not half a dozen, five, four or five, got chosen to be able to do pro competition tournament uh, commentary, and that was the case then throughout like the season. It was really hard to break into that, and like almost nobody did. I like just a couple of examples of people who did. So the fact that that stuff didn't really um, happen in the same way. I think is a, is a really big moment uh, for people who were on the come up. So I'm really glad for you that you were in like at that time. I think that was like, yeah. in some ways, obviously <laughs> it's like really bad timing. news. Yeah, but like uh, in, in this other way, in this like very specific context, it actually maybe was good timing. Uh, and I'm <laughs> I'm really glad that you that you got there because I, I I think that you're great. Thank you so much. That actually really means a lot. Um, uh, I I've heard like. Um, I wouldn't say like the legends because that sounds like too like um admiring i guess but i've heard so much about like uh not just like from your names right but also from like aquaman and destroyer and big d and and ketchup and mustard and like all of these commentator names and believe me i i've i'm a huge nerd for like researching my stuff um so like i'm very much in in a mindset of okay so what makes them good and what can i bring to the table that is at that level mm -hmm. um and that's one of the things that when i get asked a lot about like saki how have you gotten um better like with commentary because it's it's a skill at the end of the day yeah. you could be born with the talent or you could be like me where like i literally grew up with thinking about the talent <laughs> um but you're never gonna be able to grow properly if you're not actually um learning and moving with that skill so um i wanted that's one of the things that i try to do like for example this weekend for melty blood and frosties right um i know the game but i don't know some of the commentators so i'm trying mm -hmm. to do my homework and actually figure out okay if their chemistry is this way what's going to be my chemistry mm -hmm. nice um match up the, the matchup match theory. Yeah, match pretty so much. David calls the matchup. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's how I feel. Yeah. 
And, and, and to be fair, as David has said many, many, many times, out of all the fighting game commentators, I think there's only one that was born with the talent for commentary, and that's uh, <laughs> There's Tasty only one Steve. natural entertainer. Yeah, it's only Tasty Steve. <laughs> Everybody Tasty else Steve. figured it out, but he's the only yeah. one born into it. <laughs> yeah, the rest of us are a bunch of nerds trying our best <laughs> to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, and Tasty Steve is the biggest nerd, maybe, but also maybe just like the yeah. best entertainer, too. I mean, uh, anyway. though, to be fair, I mean, uh, I grew up, one of the reasons why I do want to do commentary, because I grew up listening to a lot of Chick Hearn as well. And, you know, as one of the greatest commentators of all time for the Lakers, you know, a long time ago, you know, I, I used to like fancy myself as a future Laker broadcaster. So, <laughs> so I do it for the money, the fame. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. fair. <laughs> for sure well i'm I'm curious i mean to talk more about this this sports angle you you talked a little bit about some of the sort of maybe differences in in the scenes but specifically when it comes to how you commentate do you notice any differences between sports and fighting games so um i wouldn't say it's the differences obviously of course you're there's like multiple literal differences right like you're looking at more detailed stats right for example if you're uh shout casting or even doing commentary on like a football game you're gonna have the stats of that quarterback or that linebacker or whatever the case may be <laughs> whereas uh a lot of the times with esports especially in the fighting game scene we don't really have access to those resources <laughs> unless someone actually starts going in and starts taking count of every single statistic inside both game and the in tournament like you're that's that's data that unfortunately is so yeah. limited to us Dude, um, I, I just have to say i actually <laughs> on the internet accidentally ran into like a media sheet for a basketball game and literally it was like like it was a pdf yeah, and it was like, this is the trend. This is what this player has been doing for the past, like, 10 games. Here's how he's been going. He's having yeah. this slump. There's a, this, here's this matchup knowledge. And da, 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 like, yeah. oh, I was like, dude, you don't have to do any work at all as a commentator <laughs> <laughs> in professional yeah. sports. Man. So, like, I've, so I've written articles. Um, and if you've ever wanted to see, like, any of my articles for anybody, like, watching, uh, I used to write for the uh, W2M network. Um, they still have some of my stuff. Uh, I also did game reviews and things like that. But um, uh, one of the things that uh, – was so crucial is I had to get access to those media documents because I had to be able to tell like, okay, who was the highlight of the night? Who was like really awesome or who didn't really make, make it to par? Um, who was on the injury list and how that helped the chances and didn't help the chance. Like it is so much statistics that um, it's crazy. So coming over to the esports side and even with games like League of Legends and Valorant and stuff, like that's still data that's accessible, but it's just starting to be used mm -hmm. more. Um and again, we're like you honestly see that more when we have like broadcasting um like major broadcasting companies like actually putting in the budget for it. You know, when we come down to like the FGC, we're still running on a lot of manual manpower basically so it's like you can't just do that unless you're really really passionate and you're like this is going to be a worthy cause let's do it yeah. you know so <laughs> we um, can barely remember what happened earlier in the day wait didn't they yeah. face each other wait who won right. was that 3-1 yep. or was it 3-0 <laughs> 
That's very mm. true. Um, and even then with that, like uh, one thing that I take a lot, especially, which is one of the reasons why I love commentating offline. Like you'll probably see me in Frosties, like y'all yeah, be competing, but I'm keeping like, okay, who's that over there that just won like their 3-0 set in a sweep? Or who's that person over there that just like won on stream and like looked really awesome? What character did they play? Like those are things that like, I'm trying to get like quick information, but major information so that when I go back on that mic, um, I'm not just, I'm not just giving them the general, like, yeah, they're doing this, this, and this. That's another thing too, is like, um, I wouldn't want anybody to tell me or to like commentate my plays as like, yeah, this is Saki Sakura, uh, plays Jade, um, doing the standard Jade stuff, right? Like, I want them to kind of know a little bit of my story in terms of like why I'm doing something or um, why am I going, you know, out of my way to risk or take a risk, right? Like, I kind of think back about when you guys commentated my Anji. And, and Tula wears like, no, let's go. Saki is like, yeah, there's a reason I'm twirling in their faces. Like it's my, literally my go-to style. So I really, really believe in like players deserve that. They're going through a lot of stress and anxiety during the tournament and training hard. I think part of my job is to make sure uh, we notice that and the audience notices that. Nice. Yeah. When in it comes to what you would rather commentate, <clears throat> um, like I feel like there are different, there's different styles, different archetypes of commentary. People who prefer telling stories or people who prefer sort of analyzing. There are people who prefer getting hype and having the entertainment style, a factor of it. Um, do you, it sounds, it sounds to me like what matters to you most is storytelling or is there something else? So there is storytelling, but I also love analyzing. Like I love <laughs> being able to, perfect example, right? Like I've seen full auto play right? From uh, Mortal Kombat 11, he plays Sindel. Yeah. I see this man literally take the most biggest risks. And I'm <laughs> like, why would you do a hair flip in neutral and, and, and be so comfortable with that? And that's just because I've seen his style. So I love being able to explain to the audience, hey, this is why he's doing that. He's not doing that because that's just his like that's a button that is, is his go-to button. He's actually calculating, and this is why he's calculating. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I right. I think that they're they're very closely linked for sure. Yeah, but again, in a way, that is kind of storytelling, right? Like it that, is. that 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 <laughs> that because like that's kind of where I try to go too a lot of the times. You yeah. know, try to tell the story about the players and why they're making those decisions. So I think that's really cool. <laughs> well, cool. So you're going to be doing commentary at Frosties this weekend, right? Yes, I am. I'm really excited. It is my first Frosties. Um, I, I, so I was actually talking about this uh, the other day to my team, uh, Dynamic Focus, and uh, um, I was explaining to them why I'm trying to go to these events as they open. Um, I'm definitely afraid of COVID and the pandemic. I, like mm -hmm. I work from home and most of the time I isolate myself quite often. And then when I do go outside, I take like every proper precaution. So mm -hmm. like you won't see me without a hand sanitizer or a mask. And I'm, I'm very like, even when I went to CEO, I was very like, yeah, I'm not going to go to a, a heavily populated room unless I'm like, I'm good, you know, or I'm feeling 100%. So going to Frosties is definitely scary and going to these offline events are very scary. Um, but it's one of those things where like, as we start 
opening back up and we're seeing like the way the state of the like world is it it's not going to stop turning as much as i want it to stop turning and i won't be able to survive in this like environment and keep doing what i love if i don't actually go out and say okay mm-hmm. i taking these precautions let's go ahead make sure everything's safe i'm like super happy with like there's a level of being careful um and let's just go for it. And then again, if I do get it, let's take those proper precautions back and make sure that nobody's near us and we're isolating and all that. Cool. Are, are you yeah, doing any right. top eights this weekend coming up at Frosty? Yes. So I will be commentating top eight for MK11. Yes. And I will be commentating top eight for Melty Blood. Uh, Saturday is going to be crazy for me, which I'm really <laughs> excited for because it's going to be a lot of Melty Blood and I'm ready. <laughs> Wait, is that with David? Are you doing top eight with David for MK11? So I believe it's uh, Katana Prime oh, for top okay, eight. Okay. Some yeah. jobber yeah. named Shove Katana Prime. Job. <laughs> Some <laughs> <loser> <laughs> named KP. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. uh, oh, that's true. Yeah, David could be eight? in the top eight. That's right. That's yeah. right. We heard yeah. how your training's been going, bud. So you're not going to be Come on. David is playing the long con. He's playing the. He's playing the long con. He's like, I'm doing really terrible so that the people who, you know, the billions of people who watch our show are just going to be <laughs> yeah. like, yo, David is doing badly, you know? Oh, kind of thing, I don't need so. to take David seriously. Oh, right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you don't. Well, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy myself. I'm looking forward to it. All right, cool. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you there. We'll we'll do like elbow daps from six yeah. feet away. Yeah. <laughs> now, I ask everybody this question. Uh, where did the handle Saki Sakura come from? Okay, so um, it's not from Naruto. <laughs> turn that down like super fast okay. real quick. So, yeah. um, so Sakura, I'm a lover of cherry blossoms. And mm-hmm. cool. um, okay. I used to use the tag Sakura quite often, but um, when I was younger, I was on mobile gaming a lot, so there wasn't many characters. So a lot of like my guildmates, what they would do is they would shorten from the Ura to like E with an I because they weren't going to call me S-A-K. Um, so <laughs> it just stuck, and now I'm known as Saki Sakura. And there you ah, go. <laughs> I like it. So it's like the short and the full name tied together. But, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> She woke up, so I'm just like oh. getting here now. Who is this? This is Shion. Shion, nice. Uh, girl, girl or boy? It's a girl. Girl. Oh gosh, she's right. so cute. Look at her. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, have a good trip to Frosty's. Hope it all goes well and enjoy the weekend. I'll see you there. Thank you so much. Right. <laughs> see you Take later. Care. <laughs> Everybody seems oh, to love the cat. Okay. The cat. <laughs> cats are popular here on the Tuesday show, you know? Yeah, man. Shout outs to cats. We're all into cats. All right. What? That's not a weird thing to say. I just, yeah. Maybe it's, it's weird. Because Maybe we're it's all weird. already such cool cats. That's why. So. Well, thanks a lot to Saki for coming on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Maybe you hear the backstory like, of, of her having done sports stuff before you know, that, I knew there was some cheater mode in there. It makes I knew she sense. cheated yeah. somehow. Yeah. She's yeah. way too good for me to just like have heard about this person. For sure. The first yeah. time I heard her commentary, I was like, she's the best. This yeah. is incredible. And then yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I get it now. Yeah, for sure. 
Okay, let's move on to the 5-5 five five matchup where we discuss whatever topic it is. We're yep. going to be starting off with an Ultra Chen one. Yep, so this is interesting. This is the backstory behind this is, you know, uh, I was seeing some people discuss this. You know, obviously CPT was canceled and a lot of people, uh, fans out there, uh, are kind of mad about it. I know Daigo, for example, said on stream one time he was like kind of sad that CPT was canceled and everything. So uh, I was just wondering, do you, I know obviously they're going to do like the exhibition kind of thing like they did last year. Uh, but do you feel like that they could do something more perhaps for the players? Like, maybe even postpone the event or auto qualify them into the next year if you know obviously street fighter 5 might get patches but still it's like you kind of want to reward a lot of these people for their efforts i mean what do you what do you think i continue to wish that they hadn't straight up canceled it and instead had postponed it right because there is a real chance that the omicron wave will be over next month it's possible anyway i mean we'll see and so in, it's, it's, just, it's just a real uncertain time, right? I don't mean to say that it's definitely going to be gone, but it's just, it's just a lot of uncertainty and things could get better really fast or even worse, also really fast. So if it had been postponed, I feel like there's more leeway for them to be, um, you know, uh, uh, to sort of just have it at future time, you know, and maybe the way the Genesis is postponed for a few months, that kind of option. Yeah. Um, instead, it's canceled. So, yeah, I... I I'm glad that they are at least doing the online let's have matches, you know, what they can do. Obviously, they can't have Japan play against Brazil, right? It's just that couldn't happen on any games of internet, <laughs> uh, let alone on Street Fighter V's netplay. So, yeah, they're, they're doing what they can do. In the future, I think it would be great if they had something in, you know, middle of next season of CPT, which hopefully happens. But middle of next uh, next season, maybe they have uh, an event. Hey, everybody, let's have not Capcom Cup, but let's have like mid-season congratulations to everybody who did well <laughs> last time and have a tournament. And basically right. it's Capcom Cup, but you're not right. calling it Capcom yeah, Cup. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be cool. I also think that that would be probably really expensive to put on and like maybe not <laughs> financially worthwhile, but it would be cool. Sure, of course. Kubo, any any thoughts on this in particular? I I mean I think it sucks I canceled it. That's that's about as far as it goes. I mean, I don't know, man. Everybody's thing is getting canceled. Everybody's yeah. thing they've been looking forward to, their thing they've been working hard on. Like it just it's like it's it's disappointing, but it's also expected. So right. it's like if you were competing really hard to to you know qualify. I do feel terrible for you, but also you had to know in the back of your head this was a possibility. Right. So, I don't know. I, I, I feel like maybe people should, like, temper their expectations because you should be used to this by now. We've been doing it for two years. Like, we know how this goes, guys. Like, it sucks, but that's <laughs> the world right now. So, yeah. But, yeah, I, mean, I do wish they, they rescheduled it. I, I don't like that they canceled it. I think it's going to yeah. Now, do uh, if, I don't, if I'm not mistaken, last year – the prize pool was just distributed evenly amongst like all the players, right? So they, they at least the people got some something out of it, right? But well, obviously, I, and their exhibitions mattered for what their payout was too, I believe. Right, right. Okay. But everybody got at least some money. Yeah, everybody right. got like, like a, a nice chunk of change at, yeah. at the very least. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I hadn't even really thought about it. But, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to see them, you know, maybe postpone it or maybe try to plan something uh, for it. Or, I don't know, like, I wonder if there's a way that they could, like, even... Like, what if they ran, like you said, like a mid-season Capcom Cup in Vegas, like, the weekend or the week after EVO? So people who well, flew you out... Guys, you guys are assuming there's another season. Do you guys know something I don't? Because no. they haven't announced, as far no, as have, I know. And yeah, just assuming. I wouldn't be shocked if there wasn't a Capcom Cup for 2023. Really? But, See, that yeah, never... I, I mean, I, 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 well, like, I feel like Street Fighter Six is coming. I don't think this would be a, a smart thing, by the way. I think they should do it. Right. But I can uh, see them making the argument of we're going to take a year off and come back strong in Street Fighter huh. Six. I mean, honestly, because again, of COVID, like, I, like, I, like, what do you do, man? Like, right. these things keep happening. They can't finish their season. Maybe just wait. Maybe just not and save the money and put it towards Street Fighter Six. I mean, honestly, I hadn't. I have no inside information, but I hadn't yep. even thought that that was a possibility. To be honest, <laughs> like to me, I was just like, "Yep, right, here yeah, comes the next I mean, season." I don't think you know, they should do that, but I do think it's a possibility that they could. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it would hurt their momentum too much, even going into Street Fighter Six. I feel like. I, I yeah, I, I agree with you. Because this way at Capcom Cup events, you could leak little things about Street Fighter Six as you go, right? I mean, that way... You, you... mean announce, James, not leak, okay? Sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what I meant was drip, hey, infor <laughs> drip information slowly is what I mean, like with each CPT like a, event. Like a leak? To drip slow. Like, See, that's like why leak. I use the word leak. That's why I, use, I didn't mean it as a leak. I just meant like slowly disseminate information. Uh, okay, that's what I'm talking about here. So, um, back in the day when they would have CPTs, they would then have trailers at the end of some. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. A thousand years ago in off in offline tournaments, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. used to do that. And so well, they could definitely do things like that. Although I hope that they don't stop their, you know, update streams because those update streams yeah. are awesome for sure. Yeah, but, I just hope they turn into Street Fighter Six update streams very yeah. soon. But very, very know, soon. Point, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> point being that you know, if they ran it like a week after Evo in Vegas, then a lot of the players who would fly out for Evo would kind of be there already this is assuming that we could even fly out to an evo this year you know yeah, what i mean right. who so who knows but you know what I'm, i this is you know in conjunction with maybe they could have postponed until things are better and assuming things got better they could almost piggyback off of something like an evo when a lot of the players are going to be flying out anyway and run kind of the event that way something i don't know but i you know seeing how disappointed a lot of players are and seeing how frustrated like you know even even someone like Daigo is because you know he was saying you put in a ton of work just because yeah. Daigo thought he was gonna win he maybe would have dude wouldn't you be frustrated if you think you're gonna win and get a chunk of that <laughs> yeah, just, oh actually maybe uh, like I mean, uh, yeah. two hundred thousand dollars i i would be very upset i feel like anybody's competed in these fields of course they're doing because right. they think they can win because they don't think they can win, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we, we talked about that side of it before. I mean, of course, we feel bad for the players who put in so much work. At the same time, it's, right, 
you 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 can if you're a player, you, you can know. be mad and yeah. also understand the situation. Right, right, right. Both of those can coexist, of course. And then obviously last week and we were taught last week we were talking about like six digit losses for like Genesis and stuff like that. You know, it's it's not like Capcom can just be like, well, let's just move it to this time and everything's right. honky doy. So it might not even be that easy for Capcom well, to do something Capcom like that. Capcom can do it a lot easier than the Genesis crew can. Let me tell. Well, you. for sure, right? But I mean, budgets are budgets, right? And if you've ever been part of a big old company, budgets are like real, like. The, the approval chain is like ridiculous, right? Like it's impossible. It, everyone's always like, why can't Harada do this for Tekken and just put $500,000 in the prize pool? Namco has a lot of money. Yeah, like, because, you, you know, uh, Harada's gonna take his ATM, the, the Bandai Namco ATM card and just be, the yeah, ATM no. and just be like, 500,000, let's Ooh. do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. one thing I hope that they do not do, I don't want them to do auto qualifiers for the next Capcom Cup. Okay. Uh, for the people who are in this current one. Because okay. at that time, well, I guess two reasons, right? One is that there should still be a Cap, I hope that there will be a Capcom Pro Tour next year, and that will have its own qualifiers. And I want those people to be the ones who will be in the next Capcom Cup at that point. But what if we just and make it 64 players? Are, right, and, and, and not the people from before, who may or may not be taking it seriously at that point. But yeah, I also don't want like a thousand-person Capcom Cup tournament. Yeah. I don't want it to be Open 64. Open bracket Capcom Cup. Let's do it. Uh, right, yeah. I, I want it to be still a small number of people. 32 is where they've landed on, and that's fine with me. 64, I just, I mean... It probably wouldn't be 64. Like, certainly some of the people, same people will qualify. Like, that will happen at least some situations. Right. But, yeah, I just... I don't think that that's appropriate at that point. So, uh, you know, having a delayed Capcom Cup, okay, waiting an entire year and then auto-qualifying, I think that's too much. Yeah, I agree. Okay! Well, well then. We can move on to the oh, viewer... Yeah choice over here we've narrowed your five five questions down to three potential picks here and here are the questions how did yeah. you do three who does three like that what who doesn't Ugh. do three like that what is this your your side three is your three it's not it's not this it's how the germans do it it's you the know middle three buddy what are you doing it's how's the germans do it did you just it's say how the germans do it yeah. you're making everything up now what are you no man about? you never seen inglorious bastards Oh, I guess I have actually. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, look, the the poll is up. You can start voting right now! Exclamation mark one! Exclamation mark two! Exclamation mark three! Uh, I guess. I'll, do you want to read the questions? You want me to read them? Number one: With older entries in fighting games being supported by the community like Street Fighter Four, MKX, etc., should sequels be more unique than their predecessors and blossom into their own games, or should they attempt to be as similar but better as possible? Number two. Do you prefer games where the design is less intentional and iterative and are rarely patched, i.e. classic stuff? Or do you prefer the current model of fighting games with repeated iterations and updates like MK? If you prefer somewhere in between, what's the sweet spot for you? Number three, is Microsoft's buyout of Activision Blizzard a sign of change of how video games will be consumed? What would be the pros and cons of Netflixing the video game experience? So okay. again, if you are a subscriber, you get two votes. If you are not a subscriber, you only get one vote. So I am watching the trends here. 
you guys can start voting right now. As you can see, we are in uh, uh, low vote numbers here, so the results can change very quickly as I see it happening right now, as I will show David. We're only taking one. We're only taking one. Oh, definitely one. getting. So one question was ahead for a while, then dropped behind, and now back in the lead, and bam. Putting in the official Ultra Chen TV vote. Bam! I, I never vote because. Uh, I, I think that's the. Uh, All right, Anderson. Oh, never mind. Oh, okay. I think yeah, that's, that's good. good. That's yeah, good. that's good right there. So I'm going to call it, close the vote. Number three is the victor. So we will do number three. Uh, number three is Microsoft's buyout of Activision Blizzard a sign of change of how video games will be consumed? What would be the pros and cons of, quote, Netflixing the video game experience? Okay. Well, guys, let me tell you. First of all, you're quiet. Is that true for everybody else? Am yeah. I quiet? I've been trying okay. to tune him up a little bit. Okay, now you're eating yourself. It's weird. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, there you go, there you go. There all right. Go. Well, anyways, first of all, let me take you guys back to 1993 when Sega Channel came out. This isn't a new concept, the Netflixing, quote-unquote, of video games. This has been around literally since the 90s. Uh, I, I, I don't think Sega it's going to... For the people yeah, Sega Channel. Channel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess, yeah, there are people that don't know what Sega Channel is. 93 oh, was boy. 80 years ago, Brock. Come on. Yeah, that's true. It is forever ago. You're not wrong. Sega Channel was a deck you plugged into the top of your Sega Genesis and you ran a cable like for cable TV into your wall and it delivered video games to you on the spot. Uh, basically, the, the cable connection would like load the, uh, the ROM onto a chip and you would play the ROM. And if you paid like 20 bucks a month or whatever, you got basically every game on Sega Genesis. Um, it was amazing. It, it was so cool. I, my family was broke. And rather than buy us video games, because spending $80 at one time is much more punishing to a poor person than spending $20 a month, we had Sega Channel. So, uh, this, like I said, this isn't a new concept. This is something that's literally happened since the 90s. Um, I don't think it'll negatively affect or even change how we consume video games right now. The way I view... Uh, the Netflix scene, quote unquote, again, of video games is a good thing because it's the last thing we have that's a rental service. You cannot rent video games anymore. There's there's not mom and pop rental shops. Um, there's not like many mom and pop game stores that allow you to rent games anymore either. So the only thing you can do is get Game Pass and try out all the new games on Game Pass. Like that's how I use Game Pass. It's a rental service for me. Um I don't like that Microsoft is going to own half of video games, period. That part sucks. I don't like that part. But I, I, I don't think the, the actual being able to download games on command changes anything right now. The only uh, place that I see rentals happening for games is, oh, no, I'm blanking the name, Red something. Right. Redbox does not have game rentals anymore. They stopped giving game rentals about four years ago. No, really? Is that yes. the last time I did it? Was Google that shit, ago? I promise you. Oh, the <laughs> passage of time is so crazy. Okay. Well, I mean, 
<laughs> yep. I literally About, feel like yeah. that was six months ago, Rock. <laughs> I mean, don't even forget when Netflix was discs, there was also Gamefly. You can still they, do that option. To... You can still have the discs mailed to you, but they're Blu-rays now. You can get Blu-rays. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. My brother still does the discs on Netflix, oh, okay, actually. Okay. He still does, 100%. And, but remember, they had Gamefly. They did that for video games as well. Gamefly is still an option, but Gamefly is expensive, isn't it? Right. Isn't it like 30 bucks a month or something? Game Pass is like 10 yeah. So from my standpoint, I mean, I, I, I don't like it. I, I kind of hate the idea of it because streaming movies is already a super pain in the ass. Um, because, you know, back when everything was on Netflix, it was great. <laughs> but nowadays it's like, I want to like literally my brother right now, the movie watcher is literally shuffling between what he's subscribed to like every month and he keeps changing. So this month it's Hulu, next month it's HBO Max, the month after that is Amazon Prime, the next month after that is et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, while Microsoft owns a bunch of stuff, you know, what's gonna happen is that if we end up in this Warner Brothers versus Disney versus, you know, kind of setup here, it's we're going to have to subscribe to four services to get access to all the games that we want. Cause eventually some of the games are going to disappear unless Microsoft buys everything. Right. And well, so I mean, the, the thing is though, video games, you can easily download. You, if you don't want to pay for the subscription, you can still pay. You can still buy halo. Like you don't have to have game pass. You can just buy halo infinite and play it as much as you like. Movies are different. Movies, like, once they go out of print, how the hell do you find that film? We don't have to worry about that with digital game downloads. So I don't, I don't, I don't think your fear is, like, justified, right? Well, I mean, because it's kind of the same. And digital game, I mean, digital film downloads is, see, again, being an old fuck that I am, like, I, digital <laughs> download is actually even more terrifying to me, thinking about, like, the UMVC3 scenario or MVC2, right? Like, we have no access to these things. And so once they try to do this digital thing, I'll, Netflix will lose this this month and it goes here and then like I want to watch these movies they're not available on any of the five streaming services because who knows what the hell reason for that is etc so like it might just get to a point where like because you can buy movies right now you could just go to Amazon right now and buy almost any movie you want for that cost. Same thing with buying digital games. If I want to see this movie, I can go to Amazon and just be like, I want to watch Hobbs and Shaw right now. And I can buy it for like $6 on Amazon. I mean, sure. Yeah. We actually just watched <laughs> Robin Hood Men in Tights last night. We bought it on Amazon. See? Sick. See? So it, it, the same scenario exists. And like I said, I'm just worried because you know, once we get to this Netflixing kind of thing of like, here's this service and that service, because now obviously Game Pass will have no Nintendo games on there. And I freaking love Nintendo games. So I'm going to have to subscribe to the Nintendo Netflix. And then I'm going to have to subscribe to the Xbox Netflix. And then I'm going to subscribe to the PlayStation Netflix. Like, is it really that much better or more convenient? I mean, I'd ra I'd at that point I'd rather just buy the game so I can own them on a disc so I never lose the game ever well, again. Well, <laughs> I hate to tell you, James, but uh, most games you buy on a disc nowadays don't even contain the game. 
it tells your Xbox or your PlayStation to start downloading the game. Yeah, I know. So even if you have the physical disc, no, they're on the. You ga- don't own the game. No, they're actually on the disc. They just download the game from the disc to the console. Basically, the disc is not blank. Like that's not. Well, there's definitely game discs that, that don't happen. contain the entire game, yeah. homie. And and, they, they, and even they require an internet connection for you to play the game the first time because they have to download files. Right, right. they have to right. download the patches and the updates yeah, and everything yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. So yeah, for sure, for sure. But I mean, it's just like a it's in a weird we're in a weird situation right now where people won't do anything to their PS4s because they have PT on there and like. Can we ever, you know, if everyone decided to delete their PS4s, then PT is gone forever, right? I don't know. Digital, I mean, it's the same reason why I'm terrified of crypto. I just, I don't trust things being completely digital. You know what I mean? The future is now, old man. Yeah, I mean, you sound like to the metaverse. You sound like a crypto person (laughs) right now. So, I mean, that's that they're they're not wrong in that regard. I think things are digital. Digital ownership is a thing. Ownership, Uh, like we don't actually own anything. Yeah, that's that's actually awful. Yeah, we have licenses. If if discs actually all they just contain are download codes. I promise you, James. Yeah, there are definitely games that don't they are not on the disc. That's a lot of games don't even fit on a Blu-ray a awful. lot of times because compression right, right, is terrible. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, that's that's real life, James. So like, well, that's what I was saying is like your your fear of everything being digital. It's already been realized, and now you just have to deal with it. Like, there's no yeah. Unless you again, play like maybe like Nintendo Switch games only, but again, they do it load the whole game on the on the it, thing. It doesn't make it. Like I said, the the problem is that's not even the main concern. The main concern is just that we're going to end up, if it gets really popular, we're going to end up with five different services that we're going to have to sit there and manage on how to play the games and such. And maybe it's actually convenient. Like if you're good at it, like my brother is, who basically is subscribed to only two things every month, right? Three things every month, which is Netflix, Disney Plus, and extra random thing that he just waits until enough things show up on that channel that he wants to see for that month, you know? And maybe that's a way that we have to live, that we're just like Game Pass for this month. Oh, now I want to play the new Mario game, so I'm going to cancel that and now subscribe to the Nintendo one for the month and just play that. But it's just oh. like, it, it's it's annoying dude <laughs> david you have thoughts maybe did i ever tell you about the argument that i had with my music law professor at ucla in 2010 or 2009 i believe um, so, so yeah uh basically it was just i was a big i was a big pirate obviously and uh i always had arguments with him about Plus. it because he's like yeah at the past we i bought a movie last night bucko uh he <laughs> he's he's like a real fancy music law professor uh representing major clients and so he and I got into arguments a lot. And one of them was about the future. And Vivo was just starting. It was, uh, which is like YouTube um, yeah, yeah, yeah. deals with music licenses, whatever. You guys know the deal. Uh, but it was just starting at that point. And so he was like, do you think that this is going to be, or no, I guess I was like, do you think that that's going to be like the thing in the future that we'll just do like subscriptions all the time? And he was like, uh, I do think that. And I was like, why would you do that? We're not that many years away from being able to fit the discography of humanity in our pockets. That's just a few years down the road. You could just have every song ever. Why wouldn't we just yeah. do that? And he was like, nah, that's not how people work. They're going to want to have subscriptions. 
and it's going to be easier for them. They're not going to have to own anything. And also, it's better for the companies because that way they get to make rents. They get to make people rent out the things that right now mm -hmm. they own, which is better for them. Yep. And I was like, people never buy that. Are you serious? <laughs> no he was right. He was absolutely correct, unfortunately. Oh, um, that, man. That is, that is what is... A lot of people think that that's easier, and a lot of people would just rather not have the, the hassle or whatever of of having physical things and of having ownership, I guess. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's like clearly what the future is. Um, and it's, well, as Brock's saying, it's now like that is, that is how it is now. That's yeah. So I think, yeah, I think sure that there are some pros and cons and I think that you guys basically talked about them, but I also think that that's just, um, how it's going and I would like it to be different. I don't see that happening. I don't see that changing. I think that instead it's probably going to be the opposite that will continue to move further into this world where people yep. people have fewer and fewer things, you rely more and more on some outside service and you pay them a rent, you know, whatever whatever it is per month. Um and I think that we'll probably continue to go that way. I think that James is right when, you know, thinking back to early Netflix when it was, you know, you could the early times of being able to download stuff. It was great because they had so much stuff, of course. And it's not like that at all now. It's big, well, relatively big hassle. It's not a big hassle, but it's a slight hassle that there are all these different services. Ideally, there would be one service, right? Like that right. is, this is the situation yeah. where it's just kind of a... Wait, net. is that ideal? Because I think it's called a monopoly. Well, right. I mean, this well, is... Well, it wouldn't I be do, owned by one company, right? I do think it's something that naturally lends itself to monopolization. I think it's a network effect kind of situation. Where the more people who are on one thing, not just people, but the more the more goods that are on one thing, uh, the more valuable it is, and so there's just kind of this like natural tendency. And yeah, I think that that I think that is the case. You know, whether that's whatever, it's not going to happen without government regulation. Obviously, does government yeah. provide that, or does government force the companies to to give that, or whatever? Do we create a library in some way that that has all of this? There's there certainly approaches to it, but it's not going to come from the companies themselves. That's got to have government backing, government changes, and I don't see any real movement for that. So I think that that's probably a long time off if it ever happens, too. So pros and cons for sure. I think I think both are there, right? I mean, Brock, you're totally right that being able to just play a bunch of different games, relatively speaking, for a relatively oh. small amount of money is is not I, I also like to point out pc convenient. has never had like a rental option you can't rent pc games that's true so mm -hmm. now that game pass exists and almost all the games are on pc it's it's great it feels good to rent it. pc games i get it man yeah, yeah i think there are some clear po positives to it yeah but, i uh, mean as a as a person who grew up in physical i mean i see some people in the chat saying like you know they don't like i i have my small bedroom is just bookshelves of all my games dating back to Nintendo. Like, I have them all there. And, yeah, I'm not going to touch most of them. Yeah, they're just sitting there. But goddamn, is it beautiful. <laughs> goddamn, if it's not beautiful. Oh, God. Just, like, opening the cabinet and you see Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and then the Saturn, PlayStation, and then here's the Genesis and... Oh God, it's 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 pretty glorious. But I understand that I'm a minority. I am yeah. I am a minority in that, and and I take after my dad who has seven hundred bookshelves of movies at home that my mom hates, 
And, um, <laughs> you know, and he, my dad's always told me, you should stop renting out your room. Just put bookshelves in there so I can put all my movies in your room. And I'm like, why would I do that? Like, I I have my own collection, you know? I'm, I mean, uh, if he's going to pay the rent, then sure. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I guess so, I'm in between. I like to have physical things when it's a game that I really care about. I buy physical fighting games for games that I care about a lot. Other than that, I basically download because I want to have as few... I don't like having clutter around, and I want to minimize that to the extent that I can. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's little, funny. Little so I've told this story before. You know, Zilcho in the chat says, I have over 100 music CDs. Same. I mean, probably more. I probably have like 200 or 300 music CDs in my house right now. And I still remember talking to someone very young. It was Magnetro at the time. And he's like, do you own a lot of CDs? And I'm like, I own a ton of CDs. He's like, like 20 or 30? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, Magnitro's man. probably in his mid-30s now. Yeah, nowadays. Yeah. I have, uh, I just realized right now, I have, I have like, 20 or 30 CDs, and I have no way to play them. I don't have any CD player in my house right now. My PC doesn't have, why would my PC have an optical drive? Yeah. I have a Nintendo Switch. I can't even use the CDs. Why do I have them? Golly. What I mean, I that's why I this? still have an audio tape. Right here. Look at this thing. Oh, this is actually, I, and I keep it in my drawer next to my computer, underneath my yeah. computer, never plugged in. I haven't, I've had this for many years and I think I've plugged it in once or twice. I don't know if it still works. Yeah. yeah when do I, when? Way to go. You don't need to do that. Wild. Yeah. All right. I mean, I still, I still have plenty of ways to play CDs. I have ways to play audio tapes. I have a VHS. Uh, it's not hooked up, but if I actually... I actually needed that VHS player just recently, very importantly. So it was very nice to have it. So it was it was cool. My brother was on TV on a Chinese program one time to talk about Oscars and stuff like that. Uh, they found him on the on and you tomatoes. taped it with a VCR. No, well, this was a long time ago. One, oh, but okay, my brother okay. asked for a copy of it, and they sent him the copy on v on VHS. And so, because that was the thing at the time, and sure. he needed it digitized recently, oh. and bam, I digitized it for him. So there you go. <laughs> there are also services where you can do that for just a few bucks. It's yeah, I know, really, I know, really I know. Cheap. But it's just that's it's cool. Nice I'm glad you're still getting that option. So I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Well, big changes in the world of Earth. We yeah. uh, done with that. We're it's done with that. Cold. Moving on. Let's move on to the final segment of the official Tuesday show, which is the official show, the mailbag. Mailbag. Mail All right, here we go. Again, we are paring these Face. down now to only two, so we got a lot. We actually got nine submissions today. Shout out to everybody. But we uh, had a big knockdown, drag out fight over which ones we'd be talking about. Yeah, we and fought. I got destroyed. Although I just want to, I, I ha even though these two weren't selected, I have to read these questions back to yeah, back. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Which is number four, ATB via Twitter asks, why do all the mailbag questions revolve around wizards? Why can't a witch, warlock, mage, sorcerer, magician, or druid be casting all these magic spells? 
And then the next question is nothing excess via Twitter. A druid grants you the ability to mash together one fighting game event with one other style of event of your. I mean, I just thought that that was hilarious. Uh, as, soon, as soon as a druid, I started crying laughing. Yeah, it, was I, it was amazing. The comedic timing on paper was incredible yeah. in my brain. I was just like, this is this is gold. This is perfect. And I was crying laughing. Oh, yeah, man. good work. All right, all right. So first question that we selected here is from Azor MX via Twitter. You are granted with a power that by a wizard, by a by a, uh, say, you just gotta, a by a sorcerer, a power that makes your tournament runs uh, makes your tournament runs behave like arcade mode. If you lose the set, you can continue and go back in time to the set to the beginning of the set, but you remember your experiences. How many credits does it take you to win a major? It takes me a lot of credits, James. I don't I don't know if this game is beatable. <laughs> it takes me a lot of credits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cuz oh, you're boy. never going to cuz the thing about it is the top players out there are the ones that have the adaptability, right? It's not like a computer game where you can eventually figure out its pattern and 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 here, okay, but here's here's the thing, right? This I assume what this means is that if you make a decision, this, the other person will always have the same response. Once you see what their response is, then the next time you relive this, if you make that same decision, they will make the same decision. I don't think so. Response. I don't think that's how it works. I feel like when they say it works like arcade mode, that means you're, it's, it would be the same as playing, like you played against Zangief in arcade mode. If you throw a fireball, he's not always going to jump. Yeah, okay. I don't think I don't it's. Think it's I don't think saying. it's. I don't think it's Groundhog Day. That's, I don't yeah, think that's it's Groundhog, Groundhog Day. This okay. is different. Yeah. This is okay. different. And right. so that's just the thing. Is like a lot of times, you know, one of the reasons why on commentary I hate predicting what people are gonna do. Like, oh, he's gonna wake up DB and he does it. And like, I'm so smart. Like, the reason why I hate doing that is because if he was playing me, he wouldn't have woken up DP in that exact same scenario because he has the read on me and he knows the kind of person that I am. You know what I mean? He knows that I would expect a wake up DP at this point. And so like the smart players out there are just really good at figuring out the opponent players. Like, I mean, what my, 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 uh, resolutions. One of them was the Make Manta 2015 Sweat in Soul Calibur. I'll tell you, man, I'll play this guy and I will do a forward. So throwing is a 50-50 break guess in Soul Calibur. I will forward throw him six times in a row and he breaks it all six times. And I'm like, <laughs> why do you think I'm never going to switch? He's like, I don't know. And then I'm like, do it like five times in a row and then I switch and he switches. I don't know. I, I can't figure it out. Like he always knows what I'm going to do, no matter what, how clever I try to be. And that's just one of those matchup things. You know what I mean? It's, it has nothing to do. Like your opponent is not playing in a vacuum. He's playing against you and he has this read of you. So if I could continue to try to beat punk in a tournament forever, I don't know if I ever would, <laughs> you know? I mean, I'll probably get better as the months drag on so that maybe at some point in time I will be able to beat him, like maybe after a few months because I'm just grinding this game nonstop and I'm just going to get better from that experience. But it'll still take quite some time, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, the players who I'm playing against aren't getting better, right? They're 
playing the same level. Yeah, they're playing like the same CPU. level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. So yeah, I think it takes a long time, and it's basically just that I I would need to become a top player, right? right. I, I'm just playing these top players exclusively so much, or whoever, and it's not just top players in the tournament, right? It's whoever you run into. Um, I'm playing against them so much that I don't necessarily need to see. Uh, that is to say, like I don't need to have them be some algorithm, or whatever that I figure out. But I, I will, I think, at some point, know enough about what they like to do that I could make good enough guesses, like once, to get past them, and then it would, you know, then I would, okay, now I'm on, on the, the next, next one stage, and I'm and I'm <laughs> taking a long time to beat the next person, and eventually, I think it would be doable, but I think that it would take. A really long time. I would I would spend a lot of money on this game. I think uh -oh. it purely depends on what game it is for me. Like if it's like Dragon Ball Fighters, I'm never gonna beat Koichi. <laughs> like, I'm never. I'm never. Really? Yeah, it's Marvel one, three. One two out of three set. No. After a thousand. Continues. No, I don't. I don't think if I if I played if I played Goichi ten thousand matches in a row, and Goichi never got better, I would not get to that player's level. Not in Dragon Ball Fighters. But if it's like Marvel 3, I think eventually I could catch up to most people playing Marvel 3. Dude, Marvel 3 is a game where you could happen to get a few that's, X-Factor that's, combos. That's what uh, I'm saying. Like, I, I, could, I could do that in Marvel 3, but Dragon Ball Fighters, there's no <laughs> way in hell. I, I, I'd run out of money. I would be broke. I would be homeless. I couldn't do it. It, <laughs> it wouldn't happen. What makes that interesting to me, too, as well, is that... There is a debate now where if you did have the ability to continue, but since you're fighting against a human, if you just play as wild and reckless as possible, you might have a quicker chance of winning a set just from shocking the opponent. Like, why the hell would you do that, you know, eventually than you would actually trying to get good to their level? I mean, they're not figuring me out. I'm figuring them out. They don't. They're not getting any smarter each time we play. Yeah. So I, I don't think that I would go with the absolute zany brainless approach. I think that I would go with trying to understand who they are and what they like to do. And I just, yeah, I think it would take a long time. But I think that in the games that I play, I, I see, I see myself winning this thing eventually. It's just, it will take, you know, it will take I spent a lot of money on learning Q back in the day in the arcades and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Also, Tell me how that works. I mean, if it, it was like Super great. Turbo and I'm allowed to switch characters, yeah, I'll I'll win eventually. <laughs> you just pick Claw, <laughs> you'll win eventually. Like, there's right, no right, question right. about that. No question about that. All right. Next question. Tavi Turnip via Discord asks, so I've gone out of my way to use or explain bifurcate ever since hearing David say it last week. Do you find yourselves latching onto new words when you learn about them, or do you save them in your back pocket for the perfect time to unleash them on someone unsuspecting? First of all, I want it known that I'm actually the one of us three who didn't pick this question, all right? I wasn't the one who chose this one. It was instead James and the mysterious invisible man over here. What just happened over here? I promise I'm not in the bathroom. What okay. are you up to? Is it seeing right through your body? It's kind of how it looks to me. No, it's he's not there at all. He's just not I'm there not, at all. I'm not there. I know, but it looks kind of like there is a shirt shape there with the uh, yeah. with like the neck oh, in there, which yeah. is kind of weird looking. Um, I mean, 
there is definitely uh, words that I've heard that are just, I love this word and I would like to use it as much as possible. I think I mentioned defenestrate last week. Um, but there's just not a lot of opportunities. For me, it's usually phrases or stuff that other people say that I end up getting, that end up in my vernacular somehow, and I just end up repeating stuff that other people say a lot. And uh, I, that do, I do find that happens a lot with you. Yeah, yeah uh huh. Uh-huh. I, I latch on to what other people say and I get stuck yeah. on that, unfortunately. So, uh, but that definitely happens to me. What about you? Well, uh, no, I don't use big words. I want people to think I'm a big old dum dum. <laughs> okay, so, you realize you're not, and now it's too late. What do you do? Uh, I don't know, man. I I'm much more quicker to use like slang terms than I am big smart brain words that I learned that are new. So if that counts, sure. But like, I don't think I'm ever dropping. Like, I'm not trying to like dunk on someone with my vocabulary <laughs> that's not that's not how i go i go about it i'll, I'll just dunk on you more directly so <laughs> there's yeah, no I, better I, way I, to I, dunk I can't on... say that i have like you i have can, like the experience you can't get more directly dunking on somebody than using words that they don't know man that's the paragon of dunking people dude come on uh, no i want someone to know that i dunk them though like People that are that dumb are probably just confused by the whole situation. So I got to be very direct. No, Paragon is one of those words because I always remember uh, when my brother was studying for the SATs when I was really young. You know, we were going through all the words and everything like that. And the word Paragon came up. And there was this terrible game on the NES called Amagon. And so I said, Amagon is not a paragon of video games. And since then, me and my brother have never forgotten that word. <laughs> so I use the word paragon a lot sometimes. So that's cute. Mm. I don't try to. I don't try to. What we talk about is I don't try to dunk on people by using big words. I do find that sometimes it's hard for me to think about which words I want to say and not come up with something that other people consider a big right. word. Mm-hmm. But I'm not doing that on purpose. And and if I could, I would I would not use words that I thought the other person didn't understand. Like I don't I don't I'm trying to talk to somebody, right? Like I'm not trying to confuse them. I let's let's have a conversation and that includes we need to both understand each other. <laughs> so, I'm not I'm not trying to make that happen. Um, at the same time, like it, it happens regularly, and it's not. I'm I was not, just about to say, I'm not this trying is, to do this it. This is all bullshit. I'm, I'm not, not trying, trying to, to do it. Just, I'm not trying. It just happens all I mean, the time. Because sometimes it's been happening like that since I was a kid. I can recall situations in middle school when this happened, and my friends got mad. At, we were sitting there at lunch, having a, have a lunch in our little corner on the school, and. I don't remember what the word is, but I just couldn't think of another word that was whatever concept I wanted to express. And so I said it, and they were like, oh, whatever the word, huh, David? Oh, you had to just bring this one out, huh? You think we're all idiots and we won't understand? And I was like, yeah. no, I, not at all. I mean, sometimes you learn those words, <laughs> and they're like the perfect word to describe something. And so, like, you can't not use it, right? And so... I mean, English has so many synonyms that's pretty rare. Yeah. That does I mean, happen my, sometimes. My but. dad, like, all he's doing is, like, reading books right now. And he just has this notebook where he writes down every word that he doesn't know. And he's, like, writing down the meaning of them and everything like that. And he came up to me one time and he asked me, so what's the difference between all these synonyms? And I just looked at it and I was like, 
holy crap like <laughs> yeah. what is the difference between all these synonyms dude like seriously yeah, it's hard to uh, tell. yeah. yeah i mean it's a we have a weird language for sure so when i i dude i'm sure i learn new new words all the time and i don't remember the last time that it happened which is to say that when i learn a new word it's not like i go oh new word i haven't heard before i need to remember to say that I guess what must just be happening is that like I'm remembering them, and the next time a situation comes up, well, is, but I read I read a, a Reddit headline of an article because I did not read the article, but the headline <laughs> said uh, it's uh, that's a, a natural thing our brains do. Like if you learn something and then all of a sudden you start noticing it more often, like people say, oh, I learned this thing and now I, I'm seeing it all over the place. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, that's your mm -hmm. brain is doing that on purpose. Okay. Oh, yeah, so your brain is like, oh, you just learned the word hippoplecoplotomous. I'm going to use that hippoplecoplotomous all the time now. Like that's your brain I, getting I you to I learn do. that. I think I oh I you do just, you do do I maybe maybe I do, do. I just haven't noticed it I'll try to pay attention I guess that's you talking sometimes yeah, I flavor yoga I have no idea what just came out of my mouth I that's that's David talking thanks buddy no no you too. and again once again investigation cone with the amazing like Google foo here but Bader Meinhof phenomenon aka the recency bias or frequency illusion Jeez. Nice. There you go. See, it wasn't yeah, I mean, the thing look, I made up. That headline didn't lie to me. How about that? English has too many words. Fake news. I don't think anybody should feel bad if you see a word in English that you don't know. There's just too many Dude, words. Nobody you know what all. the best thing? Literally this no humans know. Totally all. side topic here. Totally side topic here. But, you know, me and my brother used to play words with friends and scrabble on our phones and mobiles against each other. Nerd. One of the things that we actually found out reading about actual scrabble tournaments is the bluff actual scrabble tournaments people oh, yeah. would bluff words that don't exist but if you call them out and are wrong you lose your turn so people would actually bluff with words that sound like this is scrabble tournaments like these words so what, wait what, what if you get called out though what's the penalty what's the risk then here? you have to take all the tiles back like draw them or something or you lose your turn basically well, if you just get your shit back that's not much of a penalty you're, right, you're, yeah. Yeah, no, but you lose your something. turn. You lose your turn. Okay. And oh, I'll tell I you see, this in Scrabble, having played it a lot and me and my brother played at high level, losing a turn is devastating in Scrabble. High but level? Like, What's high level Scrabble? Dude, learning Scrabble. how to block. Like me and my brother play Scrabble and Words with Friends as defensively as possible so that nobody can. Like I've played people and they won't play me anymore. Because I'm so <laughs> we're, zoner, huh? why, we're why is why is Scrabble and fighting games have the hardest thing to learn in common? Dude, we are both so good at blocking in Scrabble, which is play this so that we know all the two letter words so you can't play things vertically against them and you don't set it up so they can get to a double word and you set this up here. You purposely use the V because the V has no actual two letters so you can never play anything parallel to the V. You know, there's all this strategy there. And uh, I just like me and my brother were fascinated by the fact that you can actually bluff like other like people have told stories where they've won tournaments by putting a word that doesn't exist. But it's so like real wordish that the other person couldn't risk losing their turn on it. And it's just I, I think to that me, that's like just a fun, so 
the game aspect of that sounds fun. But also, yeah. one of the cool things about this ridiculous language is that it's so easy to make up words. And the other person can yeah. so easily know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm, all of us mm-hmm. do that all the time. I mean, the whole ambiguous and cromulent is like yeah. the best example, right? Ambiguous is a great word. I mean, cromulent is, I don't think, not as good of an example, but ambiguous is the perfect kind of thing. Right. Where you know it as soon as you hear it, it totally makes sense. Yeah, it ambiguous. We're doing the that spirit. stuff all the yeah. time. So, I mean, look, there are always going to be new words, not just in English, but in other languages too. People are coming up with stuff all the time. I don't know. Don't feel bad if you don't know a word, whatever. Feel bad. I don't think it's that. <laughs> you feel bad and you don't think you it's that big a deal, it personally. buddy. If oh, I use a man. word you don't know, okay? I'm trying look, to offend man. you. When I I mean, when I'm trying to think up words, I'm not I'm not thinking about what they mean or what they sound like. I'm thinking about the shape of them. I told you guys that. That's like how yeah, I Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. No. So it, it, seeing seeing a new word, maybe I don't think about it in the same way cuz I'm not thinking about like what What's the new meaning I learned? Or what's the new, I don't know, how do you spell it? I'm just thinking, the shape, it goes into the it's, registers of shapes. You know, know what's really, so really... your brain is like Tetris? Is this shapes fitting into other shapes? Well, Maybe. I mean, like, there was literally somebody who would, you would, they would, like, it was an, like an autistic person that they asked them what the shape of numbers were. And they yeah, would mold the clay into yeah. a shape. And then days later, they would ask him the same number. And sure enough, they would like make the same shape. What's yeah. interesting to me is That's that you, me you process words visually. I process them orally. So that's why I have so many puns. Because as soon as I hear a word, the word just plays in my head on repeat like a thousand times and automatically just kind of morphs into a pun. Like, I can't help it. You know what I mean? It's it's weird that it happens that way. Anyway, all whatever. Right. We're all pretty weird. There you go. Orally. Tubo. Orally. A-U-R-A-L-L-Y. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I That's saw that face. <laughs> orally and orally. I was just... Exactly the same. Yeah, that's uh. the same word. You gotta Dude, do we even need a hangout session at this point? I, mean, I, I think feel... we're good, man. All right. I mean, do you want to do a hangout session or do you just want to go ahead and call? Because, I mean, we're reaching the end of the time anyway. We're being really bad at trying to end it. But, I mean, again, yeah. what I like is that the, the, the mailbag questions, now that we have time to pontificate on them, we do have the ability to kind of do a hangout thing, so... Pontificate. That's not. That's a good word, dude. Pontificate. Sometimes I'm surprised about what other people think are hard words too. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I'm surprised at how dumb the average person is. <laughs> not what David I mean. Philip Graham, 2022. <laughs> not what I'm trying to say. Sometimes I, it's hard for me to realize how unintellectual yeah. the other individuals are. <laughs> the commoners. <laughs> Those blue-collar workers. Dude, pontificate is a great word, though. See, again, that was the situation where when I came to that sentence, there was no other word. Like, that's the word that came to my head. I wasn't even trying to be, like, using a big word, but that was, like, the the word that worked, you know? (laughs) Well, all right. <laughs> I have nothing to add without making fun of David. Pontificate looks like a like a pier stretching out into the water to me. 
Like oh, the shape. that's okay. cool. Dude, I just kind of want to do this now. Like, I want to have a whole show where we just come up with words, <laughs> and I just want to know what David's shape is for it. You oh, know? I don't know. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> with seagulls. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there's also times, like, I keep thinking of, like, puns, and I'm like, I can't be the first person to think of this pun. Someone else has got to have thought of this already. Like, I was just sitting there thinking of the word momentum, and I swapped the M with the W, and it became momentum, like women momentum. And I was like, there's no way I'm the first person who thought That's, of this. Yeah, that just sounds like a Marvel ad for the new yeah. Captain Marvel or something. I and think, I looked yeah. it up, and there's an organization. Like there's there's yeah. actually an organization. Sure. There's a group out there called hey, there Momentum. There you go, yeah. yeah 100%. That corporate to me. Yeah, I'm like, there's no way that I'm the first person to have thought of it. So, but, you know. That's just, All like right. I said, that's how my brain works with words. So. Uh, oh, right. boy. So no, no the deep hours. No hangout section, then? We're just burping Oh, I guess not. This is about the time that we would normally end the show. Yeah, anyway, right. so. We did okay. it. It's over. All right. All right, cool. Well, thanks a lot for hanging out, everybody. I'm going to be going to frosting oh yeah that's it oh yeah i mean we should we should probably also mention if we're not doing the hangout section you know uh they've finally announced uh elizabeth blonde torch uh for kof 15 final character 39 initial roster is now in existence here and so uh you know obviously i'll be talking about that a little bit more tomorrow night but uh you know very very cool that we actually know the uh official uh roster now the official 39 roster pre pre uh dlc that's the word i'm pre thinking of DLC. it's coming out next month right uh yeah yeah less than less than a month now less than a month coming out very soon yeah. so there you go all right yeah. yeah cool well please watch frosties hey brock what are the streams for frosties dude there's spooky there's low kick there's a bunch of them there's like eight of them or whatever okay. all right so well, just look at the frosties uh twitter i'm sure that they'll help you guys out with that and that is twitter.com slash frosting fausties is that yep, right you, you nailed it <laughs> also That's just it. uh biking is coming out on friday for pass holders monday for everyone Yo, else biking will not be legal at uh frosty faustings yeah right i'm turning i'm gonna show up picking my biking and mm. you're gonna liken it i actually i don't think they'll even download that patch so no no they can't i mean if it comes with any balance changes they can't they can't i mean so so and if they're using gaming generations yeah gaming generations is probably already driving that stuff down there so pompous looks like a like a um <laughs> like an hourglass like an hourglass that's top heavy like the hourglass the top of the hourglass is is wider like broad like a broad shouldered like biking <laughs> I, well, I guess, yeah. So, Biken is pompous. Now, Biken has a booty now. Biken has a booty now. I just no. meant as like a. Doesn't work. He <laughs> you said it's like this. <laughs> anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. on the damn show. What are we doing? All right, all right, all right. right. Thank you guys. About? Thank you guys I'll, for watching. I'll see you guys this weekend. If you are, if you You'll go to Frosty's, uh, say hello to me. We will give each other elbow taps from six feet away. I'm gonna kiss you right on the mouth, Leonard Nimoy. Enjoy.